Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. 603-283-6160 is the number, and you are welcome to call that number and bring up whatever is on your mind. It doesn't matter if it's on topic. There's no um, taboo subjects on Free Talk Live either. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Just keep it FCC friendly. And that number is 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie. Riley. And Nikki. And I just wanted to start off the episode tonight talking about an update on the Argentinian Argentinian presidential election since I've been talking about that election over the past week or so. Actually, I mean, we've been talking about it for probably like, I don't know, six months at this point, just because there's been a very interesting uh, candidate um, who was doing pretty well, Javier Malay. And he's only interesting to us because he's saying a lot of common sense things about economics and um, politicians and, you know. He's talking about inflation and the yep. Argentinian currency being heavily inflated. And he's also a self-proclaimed uh, libertarian, correct? Yep. And he's talking about, um, you know, actual reasons for the currency being um, inflated and being worth less and less by every hour there or less. Um, and I don't know, we just find him pretty interesting. So the election was Sunday and what happened was because the person who won who wasn't him it was Sergio Massa um, because he didn't get enough of the percentage of the vote they're going to have something called a runoff and Javier still has a um, chance of winning so getting into this article from BBC News says Argentina presidential election Javier Malay and Sergio Massa head for runoff vote. And it says, Argentina's economy minister, I knew he was something there already, but for some reason I thought he was like a mayor of some town or something. Maybe he's both, I don't know. Sergio Massa has defied expectations by winning more than 36% of the vote in Sunday's presidential election, putting him on course for a runoff contest with far-right candidate Javier Malay. Which, from what I've seen, I think it's pretty freaking silly to call him far right. Like, yeah, he definitely has some like left leaning um, things that he says as well. Like, yeah. like most libertarians do. I feel like it is very common that if you're a libertarian, you get classified as um, a far right extremist, right? Just, or sometimes a lefty, depending on the day. Yeah, right. it, it really depends on who is you know labeling you, right? So if you have a yeah. conservative, they're gonna be like, "Oh, you believe in um, people being able to do drugs and whatever that side of freedom." You're a leftist. You're a communist. And then if you, <laughs> you know, believe in a free market and those sorts of things, then uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. So and then that's the thing too is though people get lost in this left right paradigm when it's really not a left right paradigm. It should be like a political compass of sorts. You know this. Yeah. This diamond shaped paradigm of hey i'm either you're authoritarian or less authoritarian or you know whatever it, it's not this left right paradigm that we've been taught to believe team red team blue it's yeah. just ridiculous i so. mean I, those are like the same thing anyway nowadays yeah yeah i i don't really think that anything in life can be simplified like that you know what i mean 
it's just black and white thinking really is what yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, we can't simplify people down to black and white thinking either because we're all nuanced. We're all in mm-hmm. this weird gray area in life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, either way, um, Javier Malay, um, I wouldn't describe him as a right-leaning person, even in the way you think of right-leaning. Being a, I haven't seen anything that makes me think that at all. He's not someone who seems to want to... He, Obviously, is not a conservative. He wants yeah. things to change. Well, he wants to change their. He wants to get rid of their central bank. He wants to fire most politicians. Yes. I mean, he's not. Which a, isn't really right leaning right. things. It's not I conservative think, at all. I think people think that because whenever you talk about the reduction of the powers of the state and of the government, I think people like they because like being a conservative, right? Like that would be like. Technically, what they they think they believe in is reducing the powers of the state. Like that hmm. was like what they were supposed to be about. Obviously, we know, especially in America, like that's not true. Yes. Sure, the same as you know in most countries. Um, but I think whenever you talk about reducing the powers of the state, that feels more right leaning or I feel conservative like that's so new, to people. Though, but it's definitely been a thing since at least 2020, like hardcore, where if you say anything like, oh, the government shouldn't have power over our lives, it's going to immediately um, get you called a right winger, like no matter what. But yeah. I feel like it hadn't been so much that before 2020, because now people have categorized themselves into I'm a Democrat because I trust the government completely blindly and if they say something I'm just going to do it and you're a conspiracy theorist if you don't and that may have been there a little bit before 2020 but it wasn't so like any time you say the government's doing something wrong you're right winger yeah I think um, it's more it's definitely more in your face now like people say oh you're you're a white right winger for wanting to reduce the size of government it's like no like the left wingers they I mean Democrats and people who align with the left, they always used to talk about getting the government out of specific industries like um, the pharmaceutical industry. Oh, yeah. They, they didn't want they don't like yeah. the left did not like big pharma. Totally. They and they do. totally flip flopped recently. Right. And I think that Donald Trump, uh, I think Donald Trump running and especially being elected. I think that really um, stirred things up a bit and really exacerbated the like left right divide um and then covid as well really woke people up to a lot of different things some people for the worse you know some well maybe some people went to sleep a little bit more and i think some people woke up a little bit more yeah that's definitely true i see all that um as true but moving on it says mr massa's lead was a surprise as many had believed voters would punish him for presiding over a financial crisis so since he was in office during the financial crisis um, it says inflation in Argentina is nearing 140%. With almost all ballots counted, no candidate has received the necessary 45% of votes needed to win outright. There will therefore be a second round on November 19th in which voters will have to choose between Mr. Massa from the left-wing Peronist movement and Mr. Malay, a far-right libertarian, it says. <laughs> Mr. Malay, who had come first in the primaries in August, was relegated to second place with 30% of the votes. So he only got 6% less than the other guy. And the third place person, Patricia Bullrich, a conservative former security minister, came third with 23.8. So it's definitely looking like it's just the top two and the runoff is just going to include them two. And um, I feel like Malay could still win if, you know, he was only behind by 6%. 
And then if the people who voted for this third lady on the runoff, they decide, oh, I'm going to run or I'm going to vote for Javier, then he could definitely win. So just just be prepared for a huge slam, uh, slamming campaign against him. Oh, there because, already has been. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because he's he's not about keeping the structures of power in place that have created this inflationary currency in Argentina. He's about reducing it. So obviously they're going to ramp up the attacks and I hope it doesn't get violent, but you know, in third world countries like Argentina, Ar- Ar- yeah, Argentina, you know, politicians may end up dead. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think they're, they're already starting that with the uh, the far right extreme. I don't know if they called him an extremist. I think that my brain just naturally goes to that because that's the typical language. But far right libertarian, like that language, typically when you're calling somebody far anything. Um, that alludes to them being extreme, and it's typically a bad thing. I think most like normie people um, claim that they'd like somebody a little bit more in the middle. Like they get like the extremes, left or right, tends to scare people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think especially like when that's being said in the media, like they're doing that to evoke some sort of emotion, to evo- evoke some s- sort of like thought process. You were saying that you don't think Argentina is a third world country, Bonnie? Yeah, I tried to Google it and I couldn't get a straight answer just trying to quickly do it on my phone while like paying attention. What even constitutes a third world country yeah, nowadays? That's not, because I did that's not hear, what I'm sure about. That's not the well, good so, question to you. So I did hear, and this is kind of getting off topic, but just really quick. It was um one of the, um, I don't even know where, it doesn't matter where I heard this from, but I did hear somebody say that the term a third, third world country came from World War II somehow. Hmm. And um, they were alluding to it being like either discriminatory in some way or like racist in some way. Um, So I'm just wondering where that came from. This from Corporate Finance Institute, I don't know if that's .com or what, says um, they're generally categorized by one, high rates of poverty, two, economic and or political instability, and three, high mortality rates. Now, I don't know exactly what... Um, like how much the poverty has to be, how you know how exactly they define all those things, but yeah, um, I don't know. I I could be wrong, and Argentina could oh, be considered okay. third world, but so, I just know they have like one of the biggest cities in the world, Buenos Buenos Aires. Yep. So um, this is what I'm getting here. So the the term third world arose during the Cold War, and it was used to define countries that remained non-aligned with either NATO or the Warsaw Pact. Uh. So I knew it came from. Like, it stemmed from some war. Um, Obviously, the definition, like, it's commonly used as today as Mm -hmm. third world country, that it's completely different than what they're talking about here. Hmm. Um, It's just interesting, though. Yeah, I could could totally see it being used just to, like, other people, other different countries, so people feel like, oh, those aren't, like, us. Yes, exactly. It's definitely definitely people like to other each other, you know? It's just what we do. We, We like to think of the other as different rather than... Hey, we're all the same. We're all we're all human here. Right. So many people I've spoken to in my life who has have traveled traveled a lot have made the statement to me that like everywhere you go, people are people. So yeah. many yeah, people absolutely. have said that. Um, it says following the result, Mrs. Bullrich, the third place um, c- uh, candidate, turned on the first place Sergio Massa, saying that I will not congratulate someone who has been part of the worst government in Argentina's history. Wow. So maybe her um, 
maybe her supporters will vote for Javier Malay if they're like super against him. The other two candidates in the election, one Shiretti and Miriam Bregman, were left far behind with 6.8 and 2.7 percent, respectively. Some of Mr. Massa's supporters took to the streets of Buenos Aires to celebrate following his unexpected win. What Massa showed was that he was the only candidate that had a serious project for the country, Luis Esquivel told the BBC. He has led a great campaign, and the results show that, explained 27-year-old Julia, Juliana, um, I'm not going to attempt to say her last name, She added that the voters had come together to confront the fear she said Mr. Malay had inspired. Wow, it's so dumb. Um, I mean, is is it really fear to explain to people where this terrible inflation is coming from? It's not like he's trying to say there's no there's no hope and you can't change anything. Yeah. He has an idea, you know. That's the thing. I think um, people, for some reason, misconstrue like fear mongering with the truth. Right. Like if you're afraid of the truth, like that's a you problem. You know what I mean? Like to me, oh. like ins- instilling fear is, you know, like like senseless fear, right? So it's like, okay, this is the truth of what's happening. This is a problem. We need to address it or else things will get really bad for us. That just seems responsible. I agree. And fear fear is a tool that politicians love to use to utilize to control you. I mean, they're gonna make you afraid of terrorists or people on the other side of the border or whatever just so they can control you and get money out of you. Well, I I thought that this article might give some quotes from um, Malay's supporters since they were putting quotes of the other guy's supporters, but no, it's all um, anti-Malay and pro the other guy, like this person. It says, if Malay is at rallies wielding a chainsaw, well, at the end, other (laughs) end of that chainsaw is people's quality of life. Like that's so un, you know, you know, quality of life. He's trying to save your economy. Yeah, he's trying to say, hey, wait a minute, wake up here. Your your currency is being ruined by your government printing trillions or printing whatever. And it's a um, proven, or you know, it's a it's a thing that's already been done where countries with a failing central bank get onto the dollar and they you know the quality of life improves a lot oh, yeah for it's, sure i mean it's the not dollar, like it's like some crazy harebrained sh- scheme the dollar has <laughs> its faults and we talk right. about it frequently here on the show where yeah. where the where the dollar is being printed by the federal reserve and the the government debt is out of control and but you know it's still more stable than the current the Argentinian peso or whatever they use down there it is a Argentinian peso okay. right um so I just wanted to bring that up because I had been um, talking about Malay and the Argentinian presidential um, election that was coming up on my shows I've been doing. I know that Captain did announce what had happened on Sunday, but I just had this article that got into it and I uh, wanted to update people who may have not heard. And that's all that we have to that. Plus, we have different listeners every day or every, yeah, pretty much every day. People yeah, yeah. tuning in from wherever they're driving to or whatever. So, you know, it's always a good idea to and this update people. presidential election is different than one of the other hundreds that go around in different countries throughout the world, you know, every month or whatever, um, or, or every year, probably not hundreds every month. But um, because of the interesting topics at hand in it, it's not like we are just like, you know, interested in a candidate who's just saying, you know, the same stuff that they always say. This is like a really different person. It's really interesting. He's drawing huge crowds like Ron Paul saying, you know, very important 
things that aren't, um, you know, what you'd expect a, a presidential candidate to say. And this is what needs to happen is people need to pay attention to the people who are saying things like Ron Paul said in, in his campaign and Javier Malay is saying in his campaign, we need to find those people that are saying, hey, wake up. This is what's happening. Your government's corrupt. Yes. And this I think is what we can do about it. I think it's really interesting and I really hope he wins. It would be super entertaining if nothing else, even if he ends up really bad eventually, because I mean, every person could be corrupted by power. Um, I still think it'd be pretty entertaining for a while, more entertaining than this um, cardboard flavored guy, you know, right? that's um, has, that won the, the original election. But moving on, I have this article from M or WMUR and Ian actually told me about it. I uh, guess he saw it on the TV in jail. Ian's my husband, the founder and a co-host of the show who's in jail right now awaiting being transported to federal prison for selling Bitcoin. And if you want more information about that, you can go to thecrypto6.com. He's he's in prison for eight years, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. and Mrs. America, this is a case that <laughs> didn't get covered by <laughs> your media because, well, they don't want you to know about it. They don't want you to know that someone got in prison for Bitcoin or whatever. Right. I mean, America is supposed to be all about free enterprise and, oh, anybody can make it in America. Um, and, and the government doesn't just control every facet of your life, including, you know, what kind of money you want to use. Oh, no, in America, we're free. We have freedom here. Right. And then they prosecute Ian and lock him up in a cage for buying and selling Bitcoin. They claim he was getting filthy rich. But, you know, I I know his house and I've, I've, I've been here enough times to know that he's not filthy rich. Right. And the other thing is just I mean, it, it shouldn't. That shouldn't put someone in in jail because you made money, right? And, but for whatever reason, people can, especially juries, can just easily be influenced to believe that if someone you know made money and they're not the government, well, then that's bad. How can people not see through that and realize that makes the government seem like the mafia? Like, oh, if someone's making money, it's not us. How can people not realize how? held down they're being because of policies like that like you're anytime somebody puts someone in jail for something when you're on a jury and you put someone in jail for something you should consider your family and friends and yourself getting put in jail for the same thing because you're creating like a precedent and you're giving the government the power to do this to people like it's so obvious to me but most people are way too freaking stupid because of public school systems like i, most I wouldn't people. blame the public school system and blame people for being stupid it's just when you Live in a world where you've been told, hey, you got to respect the office of the political leaders, even if, the, even if you disagree with Well, they're indoctrinated. With them. And yeah, they're, I think that's what public school centers are. They're, pu- yeah. they're public indoctrination centers. You know what I mean? So they're, they're definitely indoctrination centers. And, you know, when people get indoctrinated with the ideas of the state, they tend to think that, hey, you know, the state is generally the good guy and knows best. Right. And I think that that's a huge problem. I think that. The people who break through that, because it's not like no one that goes to public school breaks through it. Like plenty of people who went to public school from kindergarten to 12th grade can see through stuff. And, and it always like brings such joy to my heart when I see people like that who, you know, totally should have just been indoctrinated because they were there all 13 years and they just don't fall for all the stuff. I, I love that. So because there are people that can break through it, it's why I call people stupid who don't. It's like you don't have the mental um, you know, strength to or well, maybe, they might, but it's it's uncomfortable. Maybe they haven't you learned know? how to think for themselves and question authority. But that's the thing. Like these other people shouldn't have. These other people who were also indoctrinated their whole life shouldn't shouldn't have. So, what what's different? 
I think that some people have more curiosity and yes, less fear. And, yeah. But the thing is like giving into your fear can co- end up with you being stupid and you can yeah. say, I'm going to stop giving into well, my and, fear and, and become more smart. It's not like it's a permanent state. Yeah. That's what always well, So that's what Ian. it is, right? Like fear inhibits growth. Right. Exactly. And and that, that's the thing about whenever I say people are being stupid, like the people, every single person on Ian's jury was stupid. And I can say that and I don't care. The thing that pisses, not pisses Ian off, but like makes him go, whoa, 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 whenever I say that, is he acts like I'm saying, oh, they're born with this quality, they're stupid, and they can never change, and he will fight me over that, but it's just like, I believe that there are people who can, you know, anybody who's stupid, I'm not talking about people who are retarded or like born with a disability, I'm talking about people who, like that affects their brain, I'm talking about just at people who were born basically about the same um, opportunities as everyone else, they can allow themselves to be stupid. And I don't really feel bad about saying that because I also believe that if they tried or cared or wanted to, they could get less stupid. It's I not mean, like I, I think I would even go further than that. Um, a lot of those people, not only were they, I think they were either stupid or they were acting incredibly unethically. Right. Um, I think they were uncaring. Um, that's a huge second secondary and, part to me, and to it, me, like definitely. that's even worse. Right. Yeah, like it's being a worse. mean, bad person but also, is worse than being stupid. Like it, either you were fooled, or they just didn't care and they wanted to move on with their lives. And it's harder to to cast a you know a, a an innocent to cast against the rest of the jury members, mm-hmm. like because you have to convince everybody on the jury, right? So it's either for them across the board to just be like, whatever, yeah, guilty. Um, yeah, I want to go Christmas shopping. And they don't it's... care. That's the thing. Like, they did not care about him at all. It took them they five didn't care hours about the to truth. deliberate. Right. It took them five hours to deliberate. It's Christmas. I guess they wanted to go shopping or something. But, you know. And it... honestly, I, I'm a little annoyed with Ian's lawyer for that. It's like they gave, they went and had an in conference, M Chambers conference to discuss did we want to do this uh, starting in December 6th or do we want to push it? back to spring and i was just like oh obviously he's gonna argue to push it back to spring and then they came out and ian's like so it's happening december 6th i was like what like i was surprised too i thought it would get pushed back again i didn't even know it was an option i didn't want it like pushed back just for wasting time either i was like oh obviously we don't want it going on during christmas like that was so obvious to me and i just like honestly i'm so annoyed with ian's lawyer and i can kind of say no 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. this is free talk live more coming up don't go anywhere This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases, but Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction, and its features ensure Dash is undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible, and its network is protected from 51% attacks by their Chainlocks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Big thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. 
Talk Live. It's talk radio that you control. 603-283-6160 is the phone number you can call to get in on the conversation or bring up whatever's on your mind. 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, it's me, Bonnie. Riley. And Nikki. And we were just about to get into this article from WMUR about New Hampshire. Um, It says that New Hampshire is among some states that are suing Meta, which is the new name for Facebook and everything Facebook owns, I guess, over social uh, networks' alleged harm to children's mental health. Which is kind of funny because it's almost like, it sounds just from the headline like, New Hampshire acts like they own the children. Like, oh, you harmed yeah. our children. And also... It um, sounds like the state wants to tell social media companies that, hey, yeah. you got to parent... You, you got to you gotta be the parent here instead of saying, parent. hey, parents... It just like doesn't make any children. sense because I feel like Meta has no obligation for children's well-being. Right. right. It really does And they do have... They have, um, uh, maybe not with Instagram, but definitely with Facebook, there's an age restriction. I think you have to be at least 18... Um, obviously, they're not like checking identification or anything, but you have to check off a box like I'm at least 18 years old. Not sure about Instagram and all those things, but so I think that would get rid of any liability. I just don't. It just right. seems strange. And uh, not to mention that they have um, parental controls. I'm pretty sure. Well, I could be wrong. I don't have a Facebook and um I haven't like created. I don't think so, because Instagram. kids aren't supposed to be on Facebook. You're supposed to be at least 18 mm. years old. Is well, it 18? But, um, yeah, it is 18 for Facebook because you're supposed to be in college. Well, that was the original Facebook, right? It was yeah, how it to was connect with other college Facebook, students. But I think it's probably changed since yeah, then. I yes, but being last I checked. A long time ago, but I don't know if it's changed. Last I checked, it was supposed to be 18. Because um, I remember when I made a Facebook when I was 13, 14 years old, I lied about my age. Hmm. So now my Facebook actually says I'm older than I am because when I created it several years ago, I lied about my age to get on Facebook, and I'm sure most of the 13-year-olds on Facebook are also lying about their age. I'm sure, too. Well, let's get into it. It says that dozens of U.S. states... Oh, I thought it was only these three, but it says dozens of U.H. Um, sorry, U.S. states, including New Hampshire, California, and New York, are suing Meta Platforms, Inc. for harming young people's mental health and contributing... Um, the youth mental health crisis contributing to it's missing word there by knowingly designing features on Instagram and Facebook that addict children to its platforms. Look, there's no doubt that social media is addicting. Yeah. And there's no doubt that you get a dopamine hit every time you get, you know, validated on social media. But at the same time, is it the government's responsibility to step in and stop this? And neither. And it's not Meta's responsibility either. Even if 12 year olds were allowed on Facebook, that is a parenting issue. I agree. It's a parenting issue. If kids are being harmed by this one it's none of the business of the state if children are being harmed by social media but at the end of the day this is a parenting issue if an individual thinks that their child is being harmed by social media then you as a parent should educate your child about either safe use of the internet or setting some boundaries with them and not allowing them to to be on the social media but and These teaching. days, we're like giving tablets to like babies, literally right. babies. Like people are putting their babies in front of a tablet, and they have YouTube Kids playing, and it's just it's not good. So it's like, how are you going to set those boundaries when your children, when they're literally addicted? 
Right. Well, and that's the thing too. And it's like, um, we're, we're literally, yeah, like we are giving young kids brain damage. Like two year olds are not supposed to be looking at TV screens for as long as they are. And that content is literally giving children brain damage, but that is no business of the state. That is a parenting issue. Honestly, if you don't care and you want to be uneducated and give your kid brain damage and be a lazy parent, that's your business. Like, I don't, I mean, it's your kid. It's not my problem. Right. But the thing is, too, so I have, I come from a large family. I have three brothers and three sisters. And as I've observed my siblings parent their children, I don't have children myself. And as I've observed my siblings parent their children, they've learned how to set boundaries for their kids, making sure they're not on their tablets or in front of the screens all the time. They got chores to do. They have to do their chores and things like that. So, you know, to me, they're better parents than, than the government, obviously. And so... I think their kids are going to be a lot better prepared for social media. Yeah, I'm sure. And I'm sure that there are plenty of parents that have terrible um, skills with that, but I just don't see why we're paying people to sue private companies to make them act a certain way to protect those people's children. And that's the thing. Like, really, at the end of the day, it is not Meta's responsibility to protect your kids. Like, if you want to, if somebody's concerned about it, take away their phone. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Right. Um, but it's kind of hard to do that when they've already gotten in addiction because you were letting them watch it as an infant because yeah. otherwise they would scream. Yeah. It says, um, so the states are including New Hampshire, California, and New York. Um, it, oh, okay. It says, the lawsuit filed in federal court in California also claims that Meta routinely collects data on children under 13 without their parents' consent in violation of federal law. Quote, Meta has harnessed powerful and unprecedented technologies to entice, engage, and ultimately ensnare youth and teens. Well, they're collecting data on all of us. That's what they do. Can you call it unprecedented when it's been around for so long at this point? Like, no. And MySpace was before Meta. I mean, I don't think it's unprecedented at all. I mean, these companies, their their goal is to keep you on social media so that you can keep feeling validated and keep getting those dopamine hits. Well, That's their a, goal. It's their business plan, you know? Like that, they're making money off of this. Yeah. So if you don't want a company making off making money off of you, don't participate in their business model. Do something different. There's no proof, in my opinion, that only youth and teens, like it uh, says, it says they ultimately ensnare youth and teens. There's no proof that you have to be a um, some kind of an susceptible young person to become ensnared and um, addicted to Facebook because plenty yeah. of adults do it. Oh my gosh, all the yeah. Time. There, I mean, so when, you know, we the internet is a relatively new invention. Definitely social media is a relatively new in- invention that's kind of blown up, you know, in the past decade. But I know people in their 60s and their 70s who are addicted to Facebook and they love Facebook in I mean, Seems do I think like it's a old people app to me? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't necessarily. Yeah, and I think you know, like within the umbrella of Meta, there's also Instagram, which I do think appeals to younger audiences, maybe. And maybe you know, there's other social media. I think WhatsApp is in there too. I can't yeah. really think yeah. of any other ones. I know um, my girlfriend Alana is a Instagram user. Yeah, so. and, and she's pretty young. Yeah, yeah. So I, I do think it appeals to younger crowds, but I, I also so. This is a relatively new invention, right? We have all of these 60, 70-year-olds that are addicted to Facebook. One, I don't really think that's a problem because it's their life and it's their choice Yeah, who cares what choose. your addictions are? It's only going to harm anybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, it doesn't really matter, but it kind of... I don't know. It's just... It's just... 
I, I think it's a huge overreach from the government. Absolutely. I do want to go to the phones because we have an unscreened caller. Unscreened caller, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Yes, I uh, had a question about a statement you'd made earlier. Um, what's your name and what, where are you calling from tonight? Okay, my name's Stefan. I'm calling from the state of Georgia. Nice. Okay, what's on your mind? So earlier, I've tuned into the show a lot. I'll, I'll preface this by saying that Ian Freeman is probably one of the most influential characters in my life, and I still listen to the show about a decade after I started. Hmm, nice. I, I, I recognize your voice, Stefan. You've been a frequent caller to the show. Nice. Yeah. I've noticed every time I seem to tune in now, though, and there's actually a live show on the days of the week there is, it seems like there's always this idea that Ian was only convicted simply due to the fact that the jury was wooed and misled. Well, and were I you there? That you find, hmm? No, I'm going to ask you a question. All right. Well, I'm just asking. So, I just have a, qu- a prior question. Were, were, did you attend the um, court? I mean, sorry, the trial? Oh, no, no. It was, no. Everything I've read was uh, simply online. All right, so go on. So when you talk about the idea that maybe he was convicted because people wanted to go Christmas shopping, look, I'm a former libertarian. I do not, you know, I do not claim to adhere to the ideology anymore. I've kind of moved further to the left. But it seems to me that you believe that Ian is the victim of an unjust system and unjust laws. Yeah. Now, you are more than free to hold that position. Oh, well, thank but you. But do you believe that the jury might not hold that position and that they were simply applying the laws they saw fit based upon the prosecution? And maybe Ian's defense no, wasn't as good. No, they went above and beyond to um, convict him of things that he did not even qualify for. For example, the I, I really just I quickly explained this to people by just saying he went to jail for selling Bitcoin. Obviously, if I spent sat here and it, like listed every single yeah, it's charge, a lot more nuanced than that. Yeah, it's more nuanced than that. But I'm not, um, you know, here to do a whole monologue about it every single night. But for one thing, just one example, um, since you weren't there. Um, he got four charges of tax evasion and in the jury instructions and the law for tax evasion, you have to have 100% been shown to owe taxes. You have to have known that you owed taxes and you have to have, um, attempted to evade it. And there, there's another, there's another one. It's so, it's like a very high bar and, the um what's her name the irs person that came and i don't know her name but the irs person who came the witness that's the word i'm looking for for the irs she was asked by ian's um this is just one example by the way like i'm not going to sit here and talk about it all night or anything but the witness from the irs who came to testify and say oh ian owned, uh could have owed this much in taxes um and she had this one sheet she put out or put together that she was like putting a estimate of how much he could have owed. Um, Mr. Sissy, Ian's lawyer, asked him or her, sorry, um, is it po- so? You're what you're saying is it's possible that Ian didn't owe any taxes at all. And she said, Yes, that's possible. And like it was literally a mic drop moment. Uh, Sissy just like you know, uh, put together his stack of papers and said, okay, thank you. I'm and sat back down and the whole, literally everyone in the courtroom left. It was just like it literally so much of a mic drop moment, even the jury. And 
that obviously casts a shadow of doubt as to whether or not he owes taxes. But the and I just explained to you the um you know I can't think of the word right now, but the parameters, the um things they have to prove it without a shadow of a doubt, right? Right, they have to prove it without a shadow of doubt, and then they have to have some kind of evidence that Ian knew this, and they have to have evidence that he evaded it, even though he knew it. Like it's so strict it's not like yeah as so um, and that's the way that the justice system is supposed to work um very very rarely is that how it actually works so um because people are found guilty more often than they're found innocent right right but do you see what i'm saying there Stefan? it's not just an example i mean it's not just a situation where i'm like he got all of those charges charges yeah he got charged on Four of them, like I said, like he got charged with so them, you and couldn't get one juror to break. What do you mean, me? No, no, I'm saying the prosecution. I mean, sorry, the defense couldn't get one juror to break. That doesn't make any sense. So, okay, so this I, is. I'm this sorry is, if it doesn't make any sense so to you. It's what I, happened. I'll, let let Thanks me just. Call. Well, you, so this you is can, this is the issue. I think so. When the way a jury works is so okay. If there's one person that's like, no, I really believe that he did not commit tax fraud or tax evasion, whatever, um, they would have to sit there until they convince that one person. Like, it, it has to be a unanimous vote, essentially, right? So that is, for that one person who doesn't really know Ian and has just sat there through weeks, Two weeks yeah. of him being slandered by the prosecution, yep. and in some of these things, they were very convincing. They had these elderly women come and testify against him and say all sorts of awful things that, of course, we don't believe to be true. But after that, is this person really going to go out on a limb for someone they don't even know and don't even really care about? Um, Just even if they truly do believe he's innocent, it's very unlikely. On December 22nd, when they've already been doing this for two weeks. Imagine the pressure of being just a normal person. Some of them are having to stay in hotel rooms. Because they yeah. were too far away to drive uh, back so home every day. It's like the phrase or the saying that a jury would find a ham sandwich guilty or they would convict a ham the, sandwich. The, ooh, what's the... What's um, the it's court? a different kind of jury. It's but the grand it, it's jury. The same, yes. Yeah, it's the same But, but either way, I mean... The grand jury would indict in a ham sandwich. You know, that's, they, that's, they, that's, that's the same. that saying was created for a reason because in a jury trial and even when I had my own trial for obviously much lesser charges I had the option do you want to do a bench trial or a jury trial and my lawyer said absolutely go with the bench trial because if you do a jury trial you are so much more likely to be found guilty I went with the bench trial and I was found innocent so they're like I'm not saying that you know proves that it would have been different for Ian right but I'm just saying that's kind of just what historically and specifically in this case things point to so I think that's why we kind of make those those assumptions of course we don't know for sure but obviously I, like if I, I think had the pretty... opportunity to talk to them then um it, I would be talking about how I had the opportunity to talk to them but I don't so yeah. thanks for the call Stefan um I really just like it's so freaking autistic of people to call somebody's uh wife and be like listen I support Ian but maybe uh his lawyer just wasn't that great of a lawyer like Honestly, I'm just wondering do something to yourself I'm just, because like um wondering you know Bonnie what it sounds like you're really was. angry well, it's just it's kind of annoying. Like no one can, yeah. like puts themselves in my situation. Like these freaking 
uh, callers. Like somebody called in the other day and it's a caller I don't hate or anything. There's nothing wrong with him. In fact, I don't like he's one of the nicer callers and everything. And he said, you know that there it was like the day that happened. He was like, you know, uh, the uh uh, government is most likely going to kill him like they killed John McAfee. Why would, like, yeah, like, why would you even idiots, say that honestly. to somebody? Yeah, Seriously. like you're going to say that to his wife right now? That actually, I didn't know that happened and that really it, makes me angry. And someone else called in, I believe it was Dana maybe? But essentially she called in and was like, I've been calling to this show for years and I've been telling Ian and Mark for the past 10 years that the government was going to get them. Oh, and she's I'm so like, smart. So, but, but it's like, okay, maybe maybe you did. Maybe you predicted all of this. Yeah. Or maybe it was obvious. I don't know. But what is the point in calling this show right now to, like, what are you trying to do? Rub it in his face? Well, oh, she's so it. smart. I and warned like, you. Stefan, you know, he's a post-libertarian. He he wouldn't be found in a situation like this. You know, it's just like, oh, my God. Like, give me a break. You're just an autistic person who wants to feel special. That's how I feel about yeah, you, honestly. I mean, I don't really know anything about him personally. I'm just... I... I I'm wondering what the purpose of the call was. Right. It's like... All. I think he was trying to question... The, the reality of whether the jury was following the law or not. And maybe they were, maybe they weren't, but it just seems rather short to have a five-hour deliberation after a two-week trial. And the other thing is, like, even if they uh, followed the law 100%, I would be on here complaining that the law was unjust because it is. If yeah. there's not a victim... There's no reason why Ian Freeman should be in jail right now, point blank, period. Right. There's no good reason why he should be in jail. I don't have to, like mix things up and you know try to convince the uh listener with some kind of a lie or twist the reality to convince people of things like i'm pretty freaking open about it and it's just annoying that uh he would call in with that kind of a call saying you know like you say it's because of this but what and then i say oh well were you there and he's like no i mean it's not like i was there or anything i know you were there for two whole weeks of your life but what if i'm right and you're wrong like good for you so moving on or um, reading this WMUR, I can never remember that article. It's a, um, I don't even know what it stands for, but it's a New Hampshire based um, newspaper news agency. And they have this article talking about New Hampshire, the AG's office is spending time and money suing Meta. And I just bet they're going to lose. Um, because apparently it's addictive to children and they're trying to say that Meta has been knowingly harming children. And I think it's pretty stupid. It says, in addition to the 33 states, nine other attorney generals, including New Hampshire Attorney General John Formella, are filing in their respective states, bringing the total number of states taking action to 42. So what is the real reason why they're doing this? Because, you know, 42 states don't care about the children. Right. So I, I'm just wondering what the ulterior motive is behind this. There definitely and, is one. Like, but also More like, control what, over Meta. They want to be able to say what it, Meta can have probably, on the platform, probably. Because Meta is becoming too powerful and too successful. But I, like, what are they... So what do they... What is the expected end result of this? Some kind of control of business is probably is what i would guess you know because it that's that's what they're trying to do they're it people don't think of social media as a business because it's not you know like a brick and mortar shoe store or something like that but ultimately if you're taking them to court you're probably going to do something that impacts other people's business i would guess that would just be my guess i have no idea 
but it says kids and teenagers are suffering from record levels of poor mental health and social media companies like Meta are to blame, said New York Attorney General uh, Letitia James in a statement. Meta has profited from children's pain by intentionally designing its platforms with manipulative features that make children addicted to their platforms while lowering their self-esteem, she says. And it's just interesting to me because it's like, so you could say the same thing about video games. Not that I would think that it would be right or good for governments to go after video games for this, but they're literally intentionally designed to be addictive, especially like, you know, phone games. Like Angry Birds, um, you know, all those little things that are just like, you keep doing the same thing over and over again. And um, you basically have to be addicted to be doing that. And I don't see how... It would be pretty easy to prove that they did it on purpose, you know, because they, they you know, um, research what things make people keep coming back. I mean, everything, every business kind of does this. They do research. They see what makes people keep coming back. It's it's not a crime. It's part of marketing. Right. You know. It says, in a statement, Meta said it shares the attorney general's commitment to providing teens with safe, positive experiences online and have already introduced over 30 tools to support teens and their families. We're disappointed that instead of working productively with companies across the industry to create clear age-appropriate standards for the many apps teens use, the attorney general have chosen this path, Meta added, or the company added. The broad-ranging suit is the result of an investigation led by a bipartisan coalition of attorney generals from California, Florida, Kentucky, Massachusetts, Nebraska, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Vermont. It follows damning newspaper reports first by the Wall Street Journal in the fall of 2021, based on Meta's own research that found that the company knew about the harms Instagram can cause teenagers, especially teen girls, when it comes to mental health and body image issues. And again, it's like a parenting thing. Mm-hmm. It's just really not their responsibility. I mean, I was totally damaged by social media Tumblr. I mean, that it was way more toxic for me than Instagram or definitely Facebook ever has been. You know why Tumblr, uh, in my opinion, seems so bad? It seemed like everyone I knew that was really into Tumblr. I had one for a while. It just wasn't my thing. I, I And I noticed this trend, even just looking at it a little bit by myself, was that it um, really made people want to be depressed and yeah. have not just um, depression, but like... Um, it, glorifi- it glorified it, right? Yeah, and I think, mental disorders of all yes, kinds. Yes, exactly. It it, glor- it like romanticized it. Right, that's the, um, that's the word. And, and the thing with Tumblr is, depending on what sect of Tumblr you're in, like I'm sure there's like some spiritual stuff that's really really cool. Um, but if you're in like that depressed eating disorder, self harm side of Tumblr, or whatever, you know, insert toxic thing here there's it's gonna like exacerbate um, it it sounds like well yeah that and i think it t- kind of turns into an echo chamber so like typically when you make a tumblr and so it's a for people who don't know it's a social media that's basically like you can design your web it's kind of like a website like where you can design your layout of your website um and then you it's essentially full of photos like it's mm-hmm. very big on the photos uh, not so much written content like or blog, anything like that yeah but it has like yeah. micro blog little links in it yeah yeah like it, i think it's, my girlfriend my girlfriend alana has a tumblr account at least she mm-hmm. may have at one point i don't know yeah. if she has one now. so um anyway. but with tumblers like typically like if you're making the account like you stick to a theme right um so if you're in that theme of like black and white depressing photos or whatever, 
that's all you're going to be seeing. And you kind of get stuck in this echo chamber. And I think anytime you're in an echo chamber, whether it's in real life or on social media, it can be very, very toxic. So Right. And um, it, it would just keep sending you more of that, more of that, if, if that's what yeah. you had looked at. But it's not Tumblr's fault or problem. Like, it's just that's the something I needed to figure to do out. What it's going to do. It's right. just you need to get your mental health in order. That's why I said exactly. it's kind of a parenting thing if you're, if you're a minor. 603-283-6160. More free talk live coming up. The Shire Free Church offers a sanctuary to those seeking an escape from state churches. The Shire Free Church is an interfaith, diverse group of people that may not share identical theological beliefs. As a member in or minister of the Shire Free Church, you are a sovereign individual and may be the faith of your choice. We don't claim to have all of the answers. We are open to all peaceful people. We want to learn from each other. What unifies the Shire Free Church and its diverse members is peace, love, and liberty. There are many paths to God, one for every individual. The Shire Free Church does not define a specific path beyond these parameters that must be your foundation. Peace as your way. Love as your guide. And liberty as your light. Learn more at church.shiresociety.com. That's church. .shiresociety.com Free Talk Live It's Free Talk Live It's talk radio that you control 603-283-6160. That's the phone number for you to call to get in on the conversation, to bring up whatever's on your mind. 603-283-6160. Tonight we've been talking about a few different topics, but um, the thing we're talking about right now is there are 43, I think it was, states in the United States that are getting together to sue Meta which is formerly known as Facebook, over the allegation that they are knowingly causing harm to children. And um, by the way, that number is 603-283-6160. And you can call in with whatever's on your mind. It doesn't have to be on topic. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie. Riley. And Nikki. And so let's just get back into this article. It says, the broad-ranging suit is the result of an investigation led by a bipartisan coalition of attorneys generals from California, Florida, Kentucky, Massachusetts. Oh, I think I read this already. Um, yeah, they said that by it's based on Meta's own research that found that the company knew about the harms Instagram can cause teenagers, especially teen girls, when it comes to mental health and body image issues. So we started talking about how Tumblr was a thing when Nikki and I were in middle school and high school. And, you know, maybe those things are true. And I absolutely, I believe that those things are true about um, Tumblr and even Instagram. Yeah. Um, But um, it just doesn't seem to us like something that um, the government should be suing a company over. So you women are a lot younger than I am. 
<laughs> I when I was in high school, I think MSN Messenger was the big thing. Maybe AOL, yeah, these sorts of things. I didn't hear about MySpace and that sort of thing and, and Facebook until I was in college. So hmm. it's just interesting to me hearing about all these social media companies coming on board and we're using them more and more in our daily lives. When I didn't grow up with social media until you know I entered college, so you know I can understand how social media can affect people. But at the same time, you know, it's it's getting back to parenting. It's getting back to, hey, you need to parent your child and get the government out of parenting your child. You got to take responsibility for your child. I mean, like, for example, there were video games when you were a teenager and oh, yeah. everything. And I'm sure that. Oh, that, they things... were blamed for violence. They were blamed for yeah. all sorts of yeah. things. The media has been blamed for, you know, ruining people's lives. I mean, or... um, just on uh, Sunday, we were talking about how music um how a lot of music was blamed for, you know, children's Satanism. behaviors yep. and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, you can't really blame music. But a like, song it's not verse De- is going to teach a child how to worship Satan. Nah. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, it's not <laughs> D. Snyder's fault that you don't know how to parent your kid. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, even though social media wasn't around when Riley was growing up or when maybe the listener was growing up, some of them, um, I think they can still kind of understand that Maybe there was other kids in your neighborhood that were addicted to video games and it was affecting them badly. But then there were other uh, kids in your neighborhood whose parents, you know, limited their amount of video games. Um, And it just it could be taken care of without government involvement is basically all I'm saying. And uh, we all understand that here. But it's kind of why we're bringing up this topic. The Um, thing about addiction is everyone has some kind of addiction, whether it's caffeine, whether it's work. Every addiction has its flavor, and some people say some addictions are better than others. Like, if you're a workaholic, some people are going to praise the hell out of you. That's such a good point. Um, and and that's the thing I was thinking earlier when they were saying, oh, it's addictive. It's like, oh, is that, like, a crime in and of itself? Like, companies for ages have been studying ways to get you to want to keep coming back and keep drinking their Coca-Cola or whatever it is. It doesn't right. even have to be a, a physical addiction, like when they put cocaine in Coca-Cola, but just... What is going to pe- cause people to really enjoy the feeling of going to Starbucks or or going? It doesn't even have to be a, a thing you ingest, like going to this store and shopping again and again. They they've been researching that for a long time. It's not a crime. It says going on. It says one internal study, uh, internal meaning Meta conducted it, cited thirteen point five percent of teen girls saying Instagram made thoughts of suicide worse and seventeen percent of teen girls saying it makes eating disorders worse. Which is just like teen girl said a thing. Doesn't really sound very I mean very, maybe these yeah, are very solid. credible. Yeah. Maybe they're more exacerbated, but at the same time it's still, you know, parents need to have these conversations with their and children. And this is the thing too, like the the issue was already there. Um and it's just really not meta or anyone else's responsibility. It's a personal issue. Um, it's a parenting issue. Like parents need to support their children. If your kid has an eating disorder, get them therapy or you know what I mean? Like right. these things don't just happen out of the blue um, because of social media. I, I know even like public school, you know how many friends I have with kids that are in public schools and maybe, you know, they're high schoolers. In how many things they get encouraged to do, um, you know, like how many kids are like, oh, I'm in high school and I'm bisexual or yeah. I'm a lesbian because like that's the cool thing to do. And then um, and of course, like experimenting is fine. Um, 
but they kind of take on the identity of their peers to be accepted. Right. It is human nature, but it's definitely um, in a lot of public schools. There's a lot of bad stuff happening. There's a lot of drug use. There's a lot of, you know, unsafe sex, things like that. And it's very easy for children to be encouraged to make some bad decisions. Um, in some schools, self-harming was cool. Like it was cool to like cut yourself in certain friends groups or, you know, body image. It's like, oh, well, you're really skinny. Well, I'm making myself throw up. So like maybe you should do it too and you'd be skinny like me. Yeah. Um, that is just naturally happening. I wouldn't, I don't even think it's natural, but it is happening in public school settings. So why is Facebook being blamed right. when it's also happening all of these other places? Right. And, you know, humans are naturally wired to, to, we're social creatures. We're social creatures for a reason. That's how we survive. That's, that's our evolutionary function is, you know, over, over the, the 4.6 billion years that this planet has been in existence and the millions of years or the i don't know how long huma- the human race has been in existence but we'll just say the top of my head. you know a few thousand years or whatever or maybe 20,000 years we've gone through evolutionary process after evolutionary process and in order to survive and that's just we're wired for social behavior because it's how we had to survive as a tribe so i'm going to go to the um phones we have a couple people on the line unscreened caller what's your name Hello, my name's Mark. And where are you from, calling uh, from tonight, Mark? From from uh, Western Pennsylvania. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, I tell you what. I really like the wisdom and the knowledge and experience that you all project to us. I have a few comments, though. The, there are reasons for this. And, you know, I'm not an expert. And, uh, I don't know everything. But in 63 or 62, they took God out of public school. That's a big, like, problem and it contribute it's all synergism then the food industry they have carte blanche they put all these chemicals in the food for these children and all of us you know we we do all this stuff and then big pharma you know they want us on drugs they don't want us on nutrition right. and it's all synergism like i said and last week someone said they don't care what the bible says well then we take out god's wisdom and we only have human wisdom and then we have all these problems, like, continuing. So can I ask you a question? Yes, Is, is the Bible the only way to find God's wisdom? I don't know the answer to that, but the, the, the thing I was saying is we don't go to that. We don't value that, and, and, and then our problems are—see, God, God has the power. I don't, you don't. Uh, God cuts us off. When when we don't seek him, he made the rules. And when we don't follow his rules, all of these things play out. And, yeah, we can all disagree with me, and I hope we do. And I don't mean – I'm going to make a statement right now, and I don't mean any disrespect. But if someone hates God or, the, or they put down God, if I go to heaven, I don't know. It's up to God. I don't want to see these a-holes. I'm, I'm not allowed to say that on the radio. Thank I don't you. want to see them in heaven. And that's not nice to say. That's really not nice to say. Hmm. Okay, well, thank you for the call. Basically, um, all I would say to that is I don't think that government schools should be teaching any one specific religion. But I, I don't also either. don't think that they should be holding any kids back from practicing their religion. And uh, I do think that they are, uh, for the most part, not allowed to do that. So that's, I think that's a good thing. 
And I also think that, um, you, you know, like if a kid wants to pray to any God in school, they should be allowed to because these people are being forced to they, go to They these should be schools. allowed to read any sort of scripture they want to read, whether it's the Bible, right. whether it's the Book of Mormon, whether it's the Quran, whether it's uh, the Tao Te Ching, any religious text. Like the government schools are not a place for religion to be, to be preached in the classroom or prayers to be said in the classroom. But, you know, if a child wants, if a student at these government schools wants to go pray in private or have a, you know, a private club or, or even whatever. Like, like, I think that if they wanted to elect to have a class, um, you know, in on their schedule where they just go and like read their own you know, religious text or whatever, yeah, like it'll be, or it'll be yeah. so much better for them than even anything yeah. they're going to learn in school. Absolutely. Most I mean, once you get um, basic math and basic reading down, you're yeah. probably better off I mean, just reading the Bible in a class alone If by you want your kid to learn about like Catholicism or Christianity or Judaism in school, you know, insert religion here, then send them to a private school that right. teaches them that. I mean, as far as the government schools go, I, like that's the separation of church and state. Like that... It would be inappropriate to, I mean, you learn about religion in school, right? But it's not preached at you and you're not, you know, you just get a basic understanding. Yeah, like you get a basic understanding of several different religions for educational purposes. It's not actually for worship. And if you are a Christian and you don't see what would be the problem with, you know, public schools mandating Christianity as the one true religion and preaching in a school, just think how quickly that could be twisted if, pe- if people allowed that. Yeah, it suddenly maybe some uh, states decide, yeah, I want it to be Satanism, then they voted in and then Satanism is, it, it's just so easily, yeah. it, it's just so silly, um, you know. It's, it's thank you for the call, like them kind of trying to force their religion. Yeah, yeah, and you, don't you, want you, you can't force you can't force spirituality on people. It's got to be something they develop on their terms. You know, maybe their their family has a certain religious practice or religion they belong to or want to be part of. And that's, that's one thing I would yeah. I would totally believe, uh, agree with Mark in in the spirit of what he was saying, if not exactly what he was saying. Um, just that people in looking for wisdom, what what to do with their lives, like maybe people aren't looking enough to. The unknown to God, it doesn't have to be the Bible specifically, right. even though I think there's lots of um, good things to be gained from it. There's also, to me, I don't think that it is um, like the only place to gain wisdom, like basically that what Riley was getting at. I, I like a lot of the things that Jesus said. I wouldn't really think that if people just went to the Old Testament and lived by that, that the world would be in any better of a place. I mean, it's a text about a god that is you know killing people well, whole races of people he has a favorite he has i, I, I think slaves the argument okay. i think the argument is made that you know the old testament in the bible is all about the law the law the, the the justice of the law and jesus was to fulfill the law and bring the mercy and it can be viewed that way but at the same time you know this Old Testament deity, this Old Testament God is endorsing slavery. That's why I don't believe it could possibly be the one true God. That That's what I think. I, I don't understand how it's even just... I, I understand that apologistic uh, look at the Old Testament. That's exactly how I was always uh, taught it was that, oh, well, that's what you used to be. Then God came, or Jesus came, fulfilled the law, and now we don't have to live by that law anymore. But in my opinion, like an a being that is love that can't do anything but love and be good and is goodness, how could it possibly behave like the God in the Old Testament? And if anything, I see it, the older I get, 
more as allegory and there's a lot of really interesting things you can find when you're looking into looking at it from that perspective um i don't know everything about it but one person i like is um emmanuel swedenborg he basically said like everybody at the time that he was writing 1700s listen you guys have it all wrong um the old testament is all allegory and he had so many um religious i mean uh spiritual experiences where he learned all kinds of crazy things that angels would come to him and tell him about the Old Testament. And it kind of makes sense if you look into it. And I find that to be really interesting. That's why I haven't really that, completely thrown it out. That definitely does sound interesting. I mean, it, the story of Adam and Eve could be an allegory. The story of Noah and the Ark could be an allegory. Right. Uh, definitely an interesting take. And um, so that's why I just don't think it should be like thrown out, never looked at. It's just that there are people who say they've been living an unreligious completely materialistic, selfish life their whole life. Then they hit rock bottom and then they turn to the Bible because they're like, this will save me. Oh, I've always heard that this helps people. And then they're just like, "Um, so it says here and then they're just taking it super literally and I don't think that it makes them better people for the most part. No, it's coming back to the addiction thing. They're chasing a different addiction. They're chasing a different lifestyle. Well, it's a savior, you know. It's like to take some of that responsibility off of themselves. Right. That's so true. Um, And that's, that's how, you know, that's how religion can be problematic is it's presenting itself I mean, as a yeah, savior. I mean, yeah, there's wars and over religion, You don't have to change right? yourself. You, you know don't have to mean? make yourself a better person. And, yeah, you just have to, or like you, repenting, right. like with the, in the you know, Catholic faith, um, you can kind of do whatever you want and then, you know, you just go and you repent and you, you know, say your sins to the priest or whoever is, but, you know, receiving. See, this is where I think people misunderstand repentance. I think repentance should be a process of changing to become a better human being at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I agree. We we do have another caller on the line. Um, unscreened caller, what's your name? You're on Free Talk Live. My name is Ridley and I oh. am Ridley. Also, known as Rid- also known as Ridley in New Hampshire. It's good to hear your voice, Ridley. Thank you. What's so, on your um, mind tonight? I promised that I would call in again with like an update on the, all of the adventures that I had on October 2nd and 3rd. You know, I went on a Ridley rampage and, you know, went to a bunch of government meetings and tried to film and see what would happen. Um, and uh, so something interesting happened uh, on the 3rd uh, while I was at Concord um, School Board. So... I stood uh, right outside the building and just questioned school board members as they were going in. And um, one of the questions I, I, I like asking that I haven't been asked, I haven't asked in the past is, you know, like how many, do you have a sense of how many people have been unable to continue living in their houses because of your school tax? Wow. Yeah, how many that's people a, that's a tough question. Has, has that, how many people has that kicked out of their house? Do you have any sense? And so uh, the first, I think it was the first lady who I asked this question to, she started answering like, uh, oh yeah, we don't, uh, no, I don't know, uh, we don't keep records or something like that. And you're not allowed to film me. <laughs> <laughs> They're so that, silly. They really believe that you're not allowed to film them in public while they're being public <laughs> officials. No, they're not aware that, you know, here in New Hampshire, at least, you know, we, we libertarians are willing to push quote unquote public officials by getting them on camera and having them answer questions like Ridley does. He's very good at it. And you're absolutely legally allowed to. So it's just so silly. They're so ignorant. Anything else, Ridley, that you, uh, anything else interesting that happened? So that wasn't the end of it. Um, so uh, she, she goes storming into the, into the, you know, the, the uh, boardroom, wherever they meet. Um, and um, other people were trickling in, you know, other board members. And I was asking them the same kind of question, basically. Um, and, um, 
then board members started coming out of the board meeting to confront me and tell me that that film that I got of them 10 minutes ago, I'm not allowed to use that on my YouTube channel. <laughs> Interesting. By what? Um, just because they're saying that they, they think that they can just say it and that makes it true? Or are they saying that um, there's a law that says that? I don't understand. So the first lady who went in said, well, this is a two-party consent state. You know, she's saying that you're not allowed to film unless you get the, you know, or audio record at least, if you, unless you get uh, the permission of the person who you're recording. Um, hmm. Which, uh, you, if, you, if you read the law, some people, including some police departments, will misinterpret it that way sometimes. And that's how some of us have been arrested, you know, for filming. That's never been what I've been charged with when I get arrested. But um, <clears throat> it's usually something more like, you know, distribution of handbills uh, or uh, uh, disorderly conduct for failing to turn the camera off or something like that. And then later, the um, people, the entity that arrested you for distribution of handbills, I'd just like to point out later, they said, oh, that's not illegal. Like 10 years later, when you went back and tried to get arrested <laughs> for it again. Right. Yeah, that, that's the Fed, the feds in that case. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, the people were just, you know, she was just misinterpreting the law and spreading her misinterpretation to as many board members as she could. Uh, so they kept coming out to try and, you know, intimidate me. And then they would try to intimidate me into filming their intimidation attempt <laughs> or, or, or you were trying to intimidate me into not filming the intimidation attempt itself. Oh, right. um, so you're not allowed to do that. You can't do that. Um, and, um, uh, after that, I just went and filmed it. I thought, well, I better stay outside here for a while or stay around for a while because the police might show up and that might be another interesting video. Um, but apparently they never did, you know, maybe they called, I don't know if they called the cops or not, but I wouldn't be surprised if Concord TV by now was, would be, would answer a call like that by saying, so you're upset that a guy with a, a video camera is asking you questions while you're at a public, you know, you're in, walking into a public meeting. Yeah. We're not going to, we're not going to be dispatching. We're not going to be dispatching the SWAT team over that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And also our patron saint, um, of, recording um public officials carla garrick made it obvious and clear to them that they're allowed to be recorded cops so i'm pretty sure they're just like um i'm pretty sure that's not illegal we know for sure that we are allowed to be filmed so you probably are too that's what i would think at least that's kind of a joke yeah, there, she's, Connor, sucked, uh, she's, a, she's a free stater who's stuck probably 50 grand out of the Ware police department because they are you know changed her to a poll over Oh. Over holding a video camera in her hand. Wow. Yeah, and, and she made it. Um, I forgot what number she said. I, I asked her about it in person the other day. Um, I asked her, is it all of the United States or just this Supreme Court section? I forget what they call it. And she said, yeah, like there's some 20 million people that are affected by Carla Garrick, the decision but that um, they made in Carla Garrick's case that said, oh, yeah, police officers are allowed to be filmed during the course of their duties. So... I mean, we, we thank her for that. Yeah, go Carla. It should be happening more often where people film the police. And also more um, often where people challenge things that the police try to come at them for and don't take a plea deal and then sue them again or yeah. sue them when they yeah. win. Absolutely. Anything else, Ridley? Well, well, if you think about it, it's just sometimes to me it just seems like people, uh, activists or just people in general, are just so helpless when they're in front of a politician or a um uh, police officer, 
they, they don't, it doesn't even occur to them that, oh, my God, there's a politician in front of me. I better not be failing to record all mm-hmm. that is said here because you're in danger when you're around the government. You better get everything they say on tape. Uh, and so when, when they threaten you or whatever they do, uh, you've got a record of it. I think people do need to be. And thank you for the call, Ridley. Um, you can stay on if you have more to say. No, that's all. All right. Thank you for the call. Um, people do need to be aware that they're in danger anytime a government official is around them. 603-283-6160. Call in with whatever's on your mind. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Eleutheromania, the insatiable desire for freedom. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. Talk Live. It's talk radio that you control. 603-283-6160. It's the phone number for you to call in with whatever's on your mind. 603-283-6160. And in the studio with you tonight, it's me, Bonnie. Riley. And Nikki. And we've been talking. I don't know how much more there is to say about this. Um, Like, there are multiple more, multiple more um, paragraphs about it, but basically... We've already gone through it all. Yeah, and I think we've said our right our piece on it. Yeah, pretty much. I, it's I pretty think we've silly. It. Yeah. Basically, New Hampshire is suing, and 43 other states out of 50, suing um, Meta over being addictive to children. And this other article we have is pretty similar. By the way, I don't think I said it, but 603-283-6160 is the phone number to call with whatever's on your mind. You can change the subject, talk about your opinions on what we're talking about, doesn't matter. 603-283-6160. And um, this other article we have, moving on, is from Utah, and it's very similar. It says, um, a judge orders TikTok to respond to a Utah subpoena or be found in contempt, and I think that's so funny because I think so too. Because uh, the 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 people calling themselves the state of Utah are demanding that a company in another country in a yeah, and how's that going to work? I think it's pretty funny, but it says TikTok could be found in contempt of court if it doesn't comply with subpoenas issued by Utah. A judge said Wednesday. The latest in the state's ongoing legal battle over accusations that the social media giant is harming its teen users. And again, it just has this language that to me sounds like um, Utah is claiming to own the children. Yep. Yep. You're harming our worker bees. Right. And I know my girlfriend, Alana, loves TikTok. She spends quite a bit of time with that app. So (laughs) I don't know if it's harmed her any. I can't really say. But at the same time, you know, it's... Does it's she her... break out into dance a lot? I don't... I, I've never <laughs> experienced her breaking da- out into dance, so I don't think she's that crazy about TikTok. <laughs> but maybe she is. Maybe she's secretly dancing right now. I don't know. 
But um, basically, I, I can I could see where they're coming from, saying it's you know addictive and it makes people act a certain way. I just again, it's the same thing. I just don't see how the government has any um, say so. It should just be parents parenting their children, and that's all there really is to it. But the government has to government, so they're going after this company in another country. Yeah, pretty much. And, you know, TikTok might be an addictive app, but at the same time, you know, parents got a parents. Another thing that's funny about this is you kind of read this story, and maybe if you don't know, it sounds like there's two different entities uh, talking to China or this Chinese company, but it's really the same entity. It's, uh, you know, TikTok could be found in contempt of court if it doesn't supply with subpoenas issued by Utah. Like, that's one entity, and the judge is a separate entity. No, they're the same thing. Mm-hmm. Utah is the same group of criminals that the judge works for. Yep. And it's kind of funny that the judge is doing the bidding of the other criminals in the same exact um, group and acting like, Oh, it's not like China. This Chinese company is going to get an unfair trial. We're just working together to subpoena you. It's pretty funny, but we do have a caller on the line, David in New Mexico. You're on the air. What's on your mind? <coughs> she said, "Entities." <laughs> um, let's see. What is on my mind? How much? Apparently, um, see, you're talking about uh, companies. Media companies happens to be like uh, like uh, um, TikTok or Facebook or whatever. That's on the internet, and they're you know they're they're basically media companies. How about how about radio radio companies like that K O T E X, uh, Bloody Mess Radio in Golden Showers, Arizona? They're they're damaging mental health. Use it just using the radio, not even the internet. By so airing I your just, calls. Actually, they, that, that they do <laughs> oh. use the they do use the internet too though, because they're like on Rumble and and Simple Radio and TuneIn and stuff. How are they damaging so about, people's mental that? health though? Well, have you listened to them? Like that Michael Fagwood guy in the afternoon damages your mental health. I mean, they're always talking about perverted sex stuff. And, uh, and then they, 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 they always are crying about the state of politics and such, but they never actually do anything about it. Well, then don't listen. Their mouth, mouth, if, mouth, if you're mouth, so concerned mouth, about your mental health being ruined by these people, don't listen to them. Oh, not mine. Not mine. I'm concerned about yours. <laughs> well, I don't listen to them either. So, <laughs> Well, thank you for the call, David. I think the one, one of the bigger reasons why... This exact um, lawsuit couldn't be made against a radio station is because they can't really claim that a bunch of children are being harmed, can they? They, they can't say, oh, it's for the children because children aren't really listening to the radio, especially yeah. not in mass like TikTok. Well, actually, I remember uh, last Christmas I said that uh, that Santa wasn't real. Oh, no. <laughs> and um, somebody called in really, really angry and was like, I listened to this show with my two-year-old daughter or whatever, granddaughter, or maybe not two years old, but like it was very young, and I was just like, I'm very surprised that you're listening to this show in particular <laughs> uh, with a with a young child because we're not necessarily like, we're not necessarily child friendly. No, not really. I mean, nothing we say is like too bad, and you know, like the stuff um, David was just talking about with like the uh, the perverted sex stuff, and yeah, you know, like we're not like this isn't kindergarten. We're not gonna like. You know, talk about sex and stuff like that, but uh, it was pretty funny. Well, you know, sometimes we do get into shocking topics. We are kind of the shock jocks of the radio world. That's true. Well, we do have another chronic caller on the line. Sarah in New Mexico, what's on your mind? Oh, I don't think she was expecting that. Oh, wait, did I click the wrong? No, no, I clicked the right button. Sarah, are you there? Hmm. Sarah. 
Call back, Sarah, if you can hear me. Um, 603-283-6160 is the number for anyone to call in if you have something on your mind. Going back to this um, article from DeseretNews.com. Uh, I think Sarah is calling back, actually. It could be her. It's going to pop up the name. Yep. Sarah, are you there now? Oh, yes. Can you hear me? Yep, I yep, can hear you now. Clear. What's on your mind? Oh, okay. I don't know. I, I got fumbling around. Anyway, um, so... So, um, anyways, uh, so but we have a, a city council candidate who lied about his prison record here in oh. Albuquerque. Wow. Okay. Well, um, so you remember, remember Pena? Remember he was um, a convict a while ago that was running for state representative and he shot out other, um, other candidates' house before? Yeah, you... Oh. Talked about that when I, at least I think Aria and I were on, maybe maybe Nikki remembers, but there was a candidate that shot at another candidate's house when his like, oh, wife yes. was home. Oh, wow, that's crazy. This. In New Mexico, yeah. Well, but, well that, uh, now, now we have a candidate who's lying about his prison record that he never went to prison. Huh. So he said wow. he was homeless, he had a heroin addict now, um, just to kind of... Um, like make himself more real to the people in that district. Like he was homeless, he was a hero. Mm. Now he's a barber, and so they found no record of being in prison in Santa Fe. That okay? I thought you so, were gonna say the opposite. So he's he said he was in prison, oh. but he wasn't. That's correct. That's, that's correct. that is so strange. I, I, that I, is strange. Well, like, why would he want to like, claim that he's in prison? Yeah, when that's he like the wasn't. opposite of what anyone real, else would like do. She's saying, yeah, like, he's trying to be relatable. relatable. Right? It's so oh funny. That's, that is strange. Wow. He like tattoos a, a teardrop on his face. Right. Look like he's been in <laughs> like prison. a gang member. Yeah, that's it's, pretty it's funny. Interesting. You know, politicians just love to be relatable. I guess. So what do you call that when they do that? You know how they people hide their DWI and they hide their bad stuff that and the record. I oh never, but they lie about it. So they could they can went to office. In this case, they're fabricating their prison record that they never they never went to. That's really funny, actually, Sarah. Um, I I I think that it's lying, and I think it's um immoral to lie to get votes. But I also don't think that the government should you know like go after him and you know give him a real. Uh, jail sentence over it or anything like that. Um, I just think people should laugh at him for lying and not vote for him, I guess. He should just suffer regular consequences for it. Well, the thing is that since um, he's on the ballot, his name's Abel. I don't know, his uh, Otero or something. So um, so once he's on the ballot, you can't take it off. So hmm. the election has been going on. So what he's going to do, he can't canvas. He cannot go knock on doors. I'm running for so-and-so. I'm so-and-so. And then all of his people have to stay out of it. But the thing is, I think he has to be, he must be our guy that was supposed to vote. Because the Pat Davis, the counselor before, the vacating counselor, has uh, said that he's the, he's the one that I endorse. So, you know, if Pat So you're going to vote for this guy that's lying? The thing is, I well, yeah, he's relatable. The, well, the thing is, is that um, I can't vote. I don't have a counselor. I'm I'm the oh. odd, the uh. one, three, five, seven. Were those are the even people? Okay. So, and then I think the KKOB is a Republican station, and they've been beating up on it pretty bad. So that you have to vote for the ones that they beat up on. They don't vote for that person, and then you go out, you go out and vote for uh, the op. Yeah, whoever they tell you not to vote for. Because a Republican, 
you have to vote for that person. So I'm thinking he must be the guy. I I don't know. I'm so, so confused. So wow. Sarah, can I ask you a question? What's so new about yeah. politicians lying? Uh, it's uh nothing nothing kind of new. Okay. But um, <laughs> if he lies, and then how come the Pat Davis is the is endorsing him? I mean, he must be like the best candidate. I don't know that person, but I think it's a pretty interesting uh, way to pick a candidate, um, Sarah. It's not like based reverse on... psychology. Right. It's not like you actually like the person. In fact, you know he's a liar and kind of weird, but you're voting for him because, well, Republicans don't like him. Well, I can't. I, can't, I, don't, I don't have a counselor seat. Oh, sorry. If, but uh, if I wasn't District 6. I see what you're saying. It'll be a dilemma. I, I don't know, I'm going to have to do ask around, do some research. It's like, who do I vote for? What, what's the, I mean, who's the best one? You know what I mean? Because that, that'll be stressful, but I'm, I'm not voting for that guy. But I think it's so silly. It's so comical. I think um, we're making, like, national news of, like, the most ridiculous candidates in the nation. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. It's pretty yeah, funny. That is pretty funny. Thank you for the call, Sarah. We have another caller, unscreened caller. Uh, what's your name? Tony. Tony, where are you calling from tonight? Oklahoma. And what's on your mind, Tony? Uh, I, this is about uh, you guys talking about, you know, what's in foods and everything, you know, chemicals and all that. You know, Nikki and you normally talk a lot about that. Yeah. yeah. I was wondering if you guys have heard a group called Moms Across America. I just heard about them a couple of days ago and just starting to research them. No, I and haven't. I was wondering, they, they do a lot of uh, like school foods, testing it and fast foods and coming up with mm. basically like you guys were saying, a lot of stuff that are chemicals that are in the foods. Hmm. And they're like you, buy organic, this and that. I was just, I'm, like I said, just starting to read a little bit about them. You said I was it was. wondering if you guys have heard them. I haven't. You said it was Moms Across America? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely look into them. I love moms groups moms you know what i will say moms really get stuff done especially when it comes especially when it comes (laughs) to children like a lot of the people who were like really into like the uh health freedom movement and like the anti uh mandates and stuff like that a lot of them were moms that were just fed up with the state telling them how to raise their kids go go figure people who have a reason to care wake up and do something yeah and it's almost like um I don't know. I, and it's like the maternal instinct, right? Like your job is to protect your kid. So if they're being poisoned at school and, you know, and, and that doesn't, surprise you know, me. and even like caring about other people's children as well. And just, you know, like your community in general, like McDonald's and all of those really unhealthy foods. I mean, like, yeah, fast food is unhealthy and it has unhealthy ingredients. Pesodic. But when it has like actual toxins, like in neurotoxins, I mean, that's when. I don't know if I if the freedom stance is like saying like those things should be banned, Just but they like at speak least out against it. That's what these people. Yeah, exactly. Doing. They should at least um, like people should know about it. Right. And if you know what you're consuming and you choose to not do business with a company that continues to, you know, make those products of the stuff you don't want. Eventually, they're either going to change if enough people demand it. And that's the way right. free market should work. I, I agree. Anything else about this, Tony? No, that was it. I just wanted to bring it to your attention. Yeah, thank you. Anything more about it? Because oh. I thought it was an interesting little read that I got to do on it. Like I said, I ain't done a lot of research, but I just was wondering if you guys knew anything more than I knew. Nope. Thanks for letting us know. Thank you for the call. Um, one thing that about it that it makes me think of is ever since Ian's been in jail, he often updates me on what what he's been eating, just because you know it's something to talk about. 
And he doesn't get to look at the ingredients of anything or anything like that, um, except for like things that come in a package. And when things come in a package, most of the time they have a bunch of bad ingredients that he and I personally don't eat when he is, you know, free to choose what to eat. So he's mm-hmm. been like going without a lot of stuff. Like whenever they get hot dogs, for example, he just doesn't eat the buns. Not he doesn't have an ingredient list on that, but it's pretty, you can assume that there's going right. to be at least seed oils and glyphosate in it. Exactly. Um, so, you know, it's just like extra white bread he doesn't need to eat. Um, 603-283-6160. I see a caller calling in, but um, he already called earlier. I just want to say we only do one call a night, but thank you for your call. You can call back tomorrow. Um, 603-283-6160. If anyone else has anything on your mind, those were a good little um, run of some interesting calls right there. Definitely. It's always nice to have callers on the show to add to the discussion to disagree that's what we do here on Free Talk Live. Bring up new subjects. Like- and disagree. We, we libertarians love to have debate. I mean, that's that's why we're here. We love to debate each other. Right. Um, and I um, hadn't really thought to even bring that up, um, just like that they're poisoning people in jail. And it, it really annoys me. And also school, which is basically the same as jail. Yeah, it's the same. I think they use the same grade food. Hmm. It, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they're getting the same even um Well, it looks the same, right? I remember, and I've shared this on the show before, but I remember um, when my ex-boyfriend went to jail and I went there to visit him, I was so shocked because when I walked in and was like walking down the hallways and stuff, I was shocked that it looked exactly like the public schools I went to. Yeah. The same like weird, um, like large bricks, the same color paint, the same floors, like they used all of the same materials hmm. To build the jail as they're building. And it's not like, you know, some of this is common building materials. So, like, what are you walking to your friend's house and they have the same, you know, wall. S- <laughs> yeah, yeah, wall as you. You're not going to be like, wow, this is ridiculous. You have drywall in your house. Yeah. Um, I know what you mean. But though. they're kind of like unique things that you don't necessarily see in other buildings. Um, and then I heard later on that, because um, this was before I, you know, <laughs> this was before I was a libertarian or any anything like that when, when that was all happening. Um, but then later on, recently, I heard that the same architect hmm. was used to build um, some of the schools in the area, like specifically some of the schools in the area and that county jail. <laughs> and I was like, well, that makes sense because they look exactly the same. It doesn't surprise me at all. So many government buildings in Texas, like the few I ever had to go to, like I never even got pulled over in Texas, mm-hmm. looked like my school as well. I've never Googled it, but it was probably be the same architect that built that and um i know what you're talking about the other thing i always compare it to is whenever i go to visit ian it smells in there like it does in military buildings oh really yeah it's just like going and visiting my dad at his office yeah see i wouldn't know that but um i guess where aria is being held is a converted air force base oh maybe not air force but it's a converted uh, military building which makes sense because that whole area is like I mean, they have like Fort Devons over there. So it's like mm-hmm. very heavily like military area. Like they do a lot of um, like the National Guard is over there and stuff. Hmm. That that makes just so much sense to me. Like even the cops, when I have to deal with them, which is just like when they check me in, they smell like military people to me. I think it's like boot shine or shoe shine or whatever. That's so strange. And um, I, I think that's all I had to say about it. I don't know why I said and just basically <laughs> it, is, it irritates me so much that you can't send someone in jail just like a pack package of like food you want them to eat or that they want to eat because oh they're being punished for selling bitcoin you can't just uh not eat poison for eight years it's really freaking annoying and it's 
also terrible that they're, you know, not that people are being forced to send their kids to public school, like people are forced to be go to jail. But still, if you're if you are sending your kids to public school and you assume that they're feeding them nutritious things and oh, well, Michelle Obama took care of that, didn't she? And they're just actually feeding them a bunch of poison and like well, neurotoxins. Also, the rumor is that Michelle Obama said that ketchup is a vegetable and Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I, I kind of remember people talking about that. Yeah, I don't that. think that's true. It's pretty not a vegetable. Definitely a condiment made from a fruit of a vegetable or fruit, technically. Yeah. So made from, but... Uh, that makes it even funnier. But if you look at the first ingredient in ketchup, I don't think it's going to be tomato. Probably not. Um, probably not the Heinz one that they get. Nope. Well, in this article about Utah suing TikTok and, and telling them that they ha- must respond to... A subpoena, or they're going to get um, contempt of court. Um, it goes on and it says, but according to Utah Solicitor General Melissa Holyoke, a number of those questions remain unanswered. Sorry, I don't know what questions. It says how the company prohibits nudity, sexual solicitation, and what information the company collects from users when they create an account. Geez, why couldn't you just ask these questions instead of subpoenaing someone to go to court? I wonder if it's in the terms of service or the or the privacy policy that TikTok has. With yeah, or like anywhere else that the government could just find it themselves. Yeah. Um, it says during a hearing Wednesday, third district court judge Mark Corus warned attorneys for TikTok that it risks being found in contempt if it doesn't respond by a newly set deadline. Um, quote, I do find that TikTok is in breach right now, and this is the way They'll, that they'll obviously purge that contempt charge, unquote. Cora said, referring to newly set deadlines for the company to respond to Utah's inquiry. So my question is right now, if TikTok is found in contempt of court in Utah, what's going to happen? Right, exactly. Are, are, is he going to take, like, go into China? and? Are they going to arrest TikTok? Are they going to go to China and arrest TikTok and lock him in a cage? Exactly. I, I think it's pretty funny. I think so, too. I mean, people, they could put you in contempt of court and lock you in a cage, but a company is a little tougher. A bunch of this is just going on, talking about that deadline, the process. Those are in process. We never said we would complete those by any particular date, one of the lawyers for TikTok says. Um, a lot of it is just about that, but it ends with saying... Um, according to Utah Atten- uh, sorry, Attorney General Sean Reyes, the complaint alleges TikTok's algorithm intentionally creates an addiction that targets our kids, which mimics a cru- cruel slot machine that hooks kids' attention and does not let them go. It's so cruel. It's so cruel. I have to look at TikTok all day. It says he also accused TikTok of misleading the public about its connection to ByteDance. It's Chinese parent company claiming the TikTok or the company is siphoning large amounts of personal data from our kids every time they use the platform. And it, well, your government's doing the same thing. And you know, right. they're going to buy the information from these people. So that's so true. I think it's so funny when um, anyone, especially a government person, but anyone talks about all kids in a certain area and calls them our kids. I, I don't have kids. Imagine if I was just saying, you know, our kids are suffering from blah, blah, blah. It, it just sounds so stupid, but people don't think twice. They just think well, you of know, kids like property. Parents, parents, again, I'm collectivizing here, but, but parents do want to protect their kids, as we've talked about earlier. And, you know, when the government agents talk about our kids, it, it's... It's designed to to evoke that emotion of, I want to take care of my kids. And thank you, Attorney General Sean Reyes, for protecting my kids for me. It's just so 
odd to me, though. Like, I would think it would make more sense if they were saying your kids or right. people's kids. It just sounds so weird when even someone who well, has kids. It's a kids, very, like, uh, it's, it's like way- a communist type of view. You yeah, know, it's, it's like the way for possession. the so-called attorney general to feel more like, oh, I'm, I'm with you here, too. Yeah. Right. But to me, it always just sounds like they're saying, like, they're all mine. And it's mm-hmm. weird. But that's basically that. I didn't. I didn't. I skipped a lot in there because it was talking about basically like the process, the process, and I didn't really want to go all off on that because it seemed like um, pretty um, detailed, you know, as far as just like government process. And I don't know if everybody wants me to talk about that on here, but I do have this other kind of silly story out of Utah. Just a coincidence. I brought in a story from Utah, and so did Riley. Um, it's from Huff, HuffingtonPost.com, or I guess it's HuffPost.com. Utah officials tell resident to strip naughty Halloween display from city property. <laughs> and that's kind of a silly, witty yes, little um, headline. headline there. It says the city wrote on its Facebook page that displays... Who is the city? Um, it's the city of Grantsville. Yeah, but who is the city of Grantsville? Oh, yeah. The city wrote, yeah. <laughs> On its Facebook page that displays like this are not acceptable in response to the wild skeleton setup. We should do that um, outside our house. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, we have a <laughs> That is so sign. cool. Yeah. Um, 603-283-6160 is the phone number for you to call to get in on the last hour of Free Talk Live. We have more coming up. 603-283-6160. Don't go anywhere. It's Free Talk Live. Um, it's a number for you to call in. With you in the studio tonight, it's me, Bonnie. Riley. And Nikki. And we are just going to go straight into the phone calls and thoughts. We have a story I was about to get into from Utah. Um, officials are telling some people to take down their skeleton Halloween display. We'll get into that in a second. But first, we have Alu from New Hampshire. Alu, what, what, what is on your mind? Hi, guys. I heard a few nights ago Brad, the cop from New Hampshire or Massachusetts, called in. Ex-cop. And he, yeah, ex, ex-cop, sorry. <laughs> and he said that Free Talk Live converted him, I think, which is great. Um, but So he mentioned that he's a minarchist, which is a libertarian who believes in some government, but very minimal. Oh, um, uh, do you yeah. mind? Do you have um, the radio on in the background? I can kind of hear... Like, I don't, but I'm on speaker. Sorry, I'm well, worried. can you get off speaker and be, give us? Yeah, do you mind? It's just even can. when you talk, it was like kind of bad audio. That's all. If if you can do it. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Perfect. Sorry, Much um, better. I'm just I'm driving. I don't want to admit to a crime, but it is not on speaker now. <laughs> <All right>. so, <laughs> okay. So anyway, um, so he mentioned a few things. He said he you know believes in in liberty and small government, but for a few tiny areas like all of traffic law right. and um, all of like gun control for really, you know, uh, weapons that could be really damaging, mass casualty type stuff. 
and I think a few other stuff he said he believes the government should exist. Um, right. But I wanted to counter that. I've actually written about this in, in a bunch of books. Oh, the sales tax, that was the other big one. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In my book, in my book, Taxation is Theft, that is being published right now in process on Audible as well, but it's available on paperback and ebook on Amazon. Um, I explained all the taxes, all the different types of taxes and why we don't need them and how we can actually live just fine without any taxes. And a big government, if you want it, can still function even without any taxes at all. So I explained that. So no, we don't need a, a big sales tax that Brad the Cop mentioned. But he, he mentioned traffic laws, which is a, a pretty controversial thing. And he said um, that we need some traffic laws, or he said most traffic laws should still be in place. I've written about it in a few, I think, presumed guilty. I have a whole chapter on uh, traffic laws and how we should abolish every single one or every single one except maybe reckless driving because that encompasses everything that could be at all dangerous. Um, so most of it, every other traffic law could be abolished easily. Right. And the other thing about it is, um, even though he said that, I think Richie Rich probably made this point, if not um, Peakless Mountaineer. Um, those were the co-hosts on with me Saturday whenever Bragg called in with this idea. Um, the thing that they are, they did bring up, one of them, was that, so Brad's reasoning for saying this was, oh, well, I've stood in brains because of drunk drivers or just like mm-hmm. bad drivers. And you know, who, you know what, who else has seen has seen brains on the street? Probably you. Yes, a certain anarchist who also worked in the MS for 12 years. But the, yeah, in, in New the York, point that they made was that it's already illegal, and yet he was still standing in brains. I don't think laws are going to stop people from driving drunk, from, ac- you know, having accidents. And- yep. Um, yeah, that's a great point. Uh, oh, sorry, I thought you had something else to say. Yeah, no, and then the third massive issue that he brought up was uh, weapons of mass destruction. He mentioned nukes and other stuff and other uh, chemical warfare type stuff. I actually, we addressed that in an article, um, the great Michael Sinello wrote an article for Liberty Block years ago, essentially saying, yes, the Second Amendment on principle protects nukes, um, the, the natural right to property and to self-defense and to weapons um, also protects all weapons, including nukes, and the founders would have protected it. But he said on a practical level, nukes should be legal because, um, as I think Peekless and a few others excellently said the other day when they answered him, um, right now the people who have nukes are the absolute worst people to have them, like Joe yes, Biden, nice. Vladimir Putin, Xi Jinping. Yeah. So if, if, if it should be regulated or, or, or limited to only a few people, the last people on earth who should be the only ones with that monopoly on nukes being Joe Biden, nobody agrees with that. Because Maybe we should get the nukes to like the priests and the popes and the things like that. No. <laughs> yeah, but still. But anyway, but on a practical level, Michael Sinello explains to to get to, just to have in possession a nuclear bomb, it would cost you like billions of dollars and yeah. like a hundred years of research with a thousand PhDs on your team. So who actually has it at their disposal? Again, right. Except government. Right. right. That's exactly what I've tried to say to, to him. Yep. They're impossible to attain just because. The, the nuclear material, plutonium or whatever it is, would kill you. Like you would die to get exposed to it unless you had like a billion tremendous scientists or a lot of scientists working for you and billions of dollars in research and, you know, the, the cement, you know, laboratories yep. and walls and boxes to right. contain it. So like nobody, it, it's not realistic to say, oh, but everyone will have nukes. Um, like it, it's, it's so impossible to get for the average person. Um, it doesn't make sense. But, but in, in the Pocket Guide to Killing Gun Control, one of my most recent books, I address this and I say all weapons in existence, everything that exists, should be available to every person, especially if governments have it. Everything should be available. It's supposed to be an even playing field. That's natural rights in principle, and that's what the founders wanted, and that's what they wrote in the Second Amendment. I agree. I agree a lot. And um, the other thing, I already said this on Saturday, but maybe to people who weren't listening then, that I said to Brad when he brought up these three things that 
like he was basically saying I'd be an anarchist, but these three areas mm-hmm. are things I still think we need laws and government for. Um, the main thing I wanted to say to him is I've heard people say that same thing multiple times. Um, maybe not exact the exact same areas are their problem areas slash um, things they think are really important that we need the government for. But the thing I said to him was, if something is really important to you, why do you think it should be in the hands of the least responsible, least um, efficient, most immoral people? I I just don't get it. It's the most important thing to you that people don't have, you know, weapons of mass destruction and that people drive safely and you think that it should... Um, you know, the responsibility should lie in the hands of the most irresponsible people on earth. Yeah, so I, I want to tell Brad if he's listening, or you guys can tell him next time he calls. I would love to debate him. It'll be a nice, friendly debate oh, um, yeah. at the Shell and other places. They host Liberty Debates. I would love to debate him on any of those three aforementioned topics, I think. That would be an interesting debate. Yeah, that would be really great. Thank you for the call, Alu. And um, Brad does call into the show. I think he uh, could be, you know, interested in it because he sounds pretty... Um, set on these things and he, you know, was willing to call in to people he knows disagrees with them. So mm-hmm. maybe, maybe he would do it. Um, it could be interesting. He's also writing on Freakeen again soon. Awesome. Oh, lovely. Uh, he hasn't started yet, but uh, soon at Freakeen.com, Brad Jardis will be writing again. So he did again. before? Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't know that. Like, a, I don't know if it was a whole decade ago, but he used to write about, you know, bad laws, specifically drug laws. Um, cool. It's kind of been his pet... Um, topic or, or whatever you would call that project right yeah but Wheelhouse. i, I yeah. think i just meant that's his topic of interest yeah. right. um going back to this article from huffpost.com it says officials in utah in a utah community weren't fans of a skeleton pole dancing on city property last week <laughs> and that's just such a funny sentence. i'm sure plenty of people were big fans of that yeah, yeah it's <laughs> that's pretty funny says the city of Grantsville, in a since-deleted Facebook post, they're probably getting a bunch of hate or just, like, people laughing at the bottom. I honestly, that is my favorite thing to do on Facebook is troll police. Because yeah. sometimes <laughs> they make it so easy. And it always just warms my heart when I go to the comment section and there are people. And even, like, sometimes, like, the New Hampshire police, too, like, Manchester police, whatever. And there will be people dragging them through the mud just like you should either like really like judging them like i can't believe you're harassing these people like you should be ashamed of yourself or like this is a huge joke i you know like when they when they pose in front of like you know an an ounce of weed and like a hundred bucks or like something really stupid and, and people are just like completely trashing them it's just it's really it's really wonderful to see i think it's a really good thing to do too like Lots of people like to say, like, oh, Internet isn't activism. Maybe not if it's the only thing you're doing. But I think that it's um, a really important thing to do because the Internet, social media is now basically public forum. Like, we don't really have, like, the middle of town where people go out and yell things. We have Facebook and and things like that now. Access to um, to like millions, if not billions of people on the Internet. You know what I mean? So, like, to me, like. Even commenting on stuff on Facebook, I mean, you could change somebody's mind. Like, exactly. I think that is absolutely a form of activism. And, and I'm thinking important. of um, Carrie Wendler. I think that's her name. She makes um, these like Instagram reels. Like shorts, yeah. Yep. And they're just like really quick, great information. And she posts, you know, like she cites her sources and stuff like that, like where she's getting the information from. But it's like a very like easy to like 
easy to read or like easy to listen to, digestible. Like you can just send it to your mom or yep. your brother or your cousin, like your friend, whoever, and it could really change their mind and, and even just educate them about something that they might not hear anywhere else. So stuff like that. I mean, like that is absolutely a form of activism, in my opinion. Like imagine if somebody is considering becoming a cop, they're like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I guess I'll become a cop. And then they see Anytime it pops up on their social media, they see cops being bullied and they're like, oh, I don't want to be like lame. I don't want to be like the those people. And uh, I don't want to get made fun of for doing my job. So I'm not going to become a cop like that's great. And, and just like changing the public's opinion in general. I think it's great and important. And also the stuff. Um, it's important to help people change their minds, even if it feels like they're about to die. <laughs> well, um, the city of Grantsville in a since-deleted Facebook post, demanded that a Halloween display be stripped from a street sign. So my question <laughs> is, was the sign covered? Could people still see the sign? Hmm, I'm sure that they could. Or else they would probably have said something about that, you know? Yeah. Um, oh. I'm con- oh, I can't see. I, I just got a picture, but I couldn't oh. see the um actual stop sign. But this one, it looks like it's in his yard. Like, hmm. it doesn't... It doesn't even look like it's on a stop sign. It's oh, on well, a pole. Oh, they did move it. They moved it. Oh, so, okay. So they moved it to their yard. I mean, it's hilarious. It says That's that, great. Um, the display featured a skeleton working city property like a pole. What does that even mean? While other skeletons tossed money and watched from nearby folding chairs. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty That's hilarious. hilarious. They have, they That's hilarious. Like, you have flashing have lights and the whole bit. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Um, quote, displays like this are not acceptable as it is against city code to attach anything to a street sign, unquote. That's what the post said. And um, the post noted that city officials would remove the display if the person responsible didn't take it down by 9 p.m. on Wednesday. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, they had to make like a big deal out of it instead of just going and removing it. The person behind the display moved it before the city's deadline and reportedly used it as an opportunity to step up their decoration game, too. <laughs> the display now moved it. into a front yard, features a new pole for the dancing skeleton, <laughs> along with more skeletons, lights in the shape of a stage, and a tip jar, according oh, wow. to Salt Lake City's Fox 13. I mean, they might as well, uh, like, you know, profit off of this because oh. now that it's on, uh, on, I don't know if people are actually going to leave money or if that was their intention or yeah, if it yeah. was part of the prop. I didn't think um, that either, but that'd be cool. But I mean, obviously, people are going to be driving from all over the state to go see this now. I mean, like, that's hilarious. And now that it's on the news, I yeah, people are absolutely going to be traveling very far to see this. That's awesome. That was right by, like... The Walmart that was closest to me was in a town called Tuella. Tuella and Grantsville are basically the same place. I would definitely go see it if I still live there. Yeah. It says, the Halloween display has split the community, the outlet reported, with some (laughs) deeming it inappropriate, while others have brought their own decorations and left money in the tip jar. Wow, I love it. We're going to go tip them when we leave. We know what it's like to work for tips, Carrie Sly. <laughs> Sex work is real work. It says a, a server yeah. at Grantville's, Grant, Grantsville's The Outpost said during a segment on the controversy posted to YouTube by Fox 32. So, um, I don't know. It's just like, it's kind of silly thing to say because it's not really a solidarity for the skeletons. It sco- should be solidarity for the people who are being... You know, 
threatened by the government to have their work taken down is just funny. I, I could totally see like a bunch of people in Utah being super against it, though. Like, this is oh, inappropriate. Yeah. Because they're pretty, I, I feel like a lot of people in Utah, like that's a pretty religious area, right? Definitely. Like it a conservative. Can be a religious area, and some people might find it really offensive instead of, you know, I'm going to have a sense of humor about this. <laughs> it says, a man who told the station he put up the pole dancing display said he looked forward to keeping it going and getting a little more elaborate as we go. Maybe a little risque for some people, but it's all in the name of fun, he said. And I wonder if admitting to that, it would be so annoying and crazy if in a, like a month or something we see an article about man in Utah admitted to a crime and now he's getting, you know, charged. Oh, my gosh. For it. Mm-hmm. That would suck. You attach something to a to a sign. Now you have to go to jail. Well, that's all from that article. I just thought it was kind of funny. And it I keep forgetting to say it. You know, it's the end of the almost the end of the show now. We have another like 45 minutes. But, um, or less actually, but I want people to call in. I'm also going to be on tomorrow. Totally call in and tell us your supernatural paranormal experiences. Yeah, yeah that'd be really cool. Bonnie loves that stuff. I, I find that fascinating too. It is, you know, almost Halloween. It's the season. I put it on my Instagram, but I keep forgetting to post it elsewhere that elsewhere that any, anytime I'm on, anybody is welcome to call in with their paranormal experiences. And I think that would be a really fun topic anytime somebody calls in with that should we tell people about dash as well oh yeah well thank you for that about a transition i put something on it so i would remember that that i had to do that but i completely forgot so i'm going to go ahead and read this it says this hour free talk live is brought to you by dash digital cash dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending rising fees have made bitcoin useless for purchases but dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction and its features ensure Dash is undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible and its network is protected from 51% attacks by their Chainlocks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is wi- widely um, available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya p- protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Big thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn more about Dash. Dash.org. Moving on, I have this article that Ian also told me about and uh, said it would be pretty good show prep. It's from the Wall Street Journal, and I think it's pretty, honestly to me, pretty disturbing. Basically, teens want parents to track their phones and monitor their every move. Whoa. That's, a, <laughs> that's actually... Um, that's a little strange. I mean, I thought teens are wanting more privacy. But you'd I think so. Uh, my mom has my location on my phone. Huh. You crazy teen. <laughs> See... I like that, though, because I'm like, and even uh, one of my close friends, her boyfriend has uh, her location on her phone, and he's texted me before. We were at my sister's house who, like, where notoriously has, like, zero phone reception, and he texted me and was like, hey, um, you know, I know this person is supposed to be with you. Is she safe? Whatever. Um, And for them, it's a safety a safety thing. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it's not like a weird, like stalker thing or like overbearing or controlling. Um, it makes her feel safe and it makes him feel comforted <laughs> that um, he knows, you know, that where she is and where she's safe. 
Um, but I'm surprised that teenagers want their parents want that. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would want that when I, I was a teenager. Um, now I'm like, I don't care if my mom knows where I am. And sometimes she'll text me funny things like, "What do you do?" Like one time I was in New York City randomly, and she was like, "What are you doing in New York City?" Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Oh, that's a little creepy, but." Uh, yeah. <laughs> This is what I'm doing in New York City. Yeah, you know? it's different if it's a... Um, I mean, it, it it seems to be consensual because the teens want it either way. But yeah, I used to have it with my boyfriend because he was a side-of-the-road um, internet cable splicer. Yeah. And he was somewhere different all the time. And um, it was like slightly for safety. Also, just like if he wanted me to bring him something... It's easier. It would be so hard to find him otherwise. Yeah. It's like he'd be in the middle of nowhere. And we just kept it like that all the time. It, it was like less... Im- but yeah, it's more normal when it's like a relationship thing. And it's... Right. Well, I mean, it can be toxic in a relationship. Like I've heard right. of... Oh, yeah. um, I don't it, know if you guys know what be. air tags are. Yep. No. It's an Apple device that you can attach to like a backpack oh, or yeah. whatever to kind of... If you lose it, you can track it with your phone. Right. I've heard of people that were accusing their significant others of cheating or suspecting them of cheating or whatever... Um, and they'd put them in their cars or in their trunks or whatever to like track where they're going. Oh, wow. So obviously stuff like that, like where it's non-consensual, like, mm-hmm. or, or, uh, putting it on their phone and they don't know maybe like stuff like it does have the possibility for misuse. So. Yep. Yeah, I mean, if you have a phone, the government knows where you are, but yeah, I just, I think Ian, um, was a little disturbed by this article because he just thinks that like kids have gone weird. <laughs> that's, that's basically it. What's interesting about it, it says teen- this is from the Wall Street Journal, by the way, it says teenagers have long balked at telling parents where they are. Now they're asking their parents to track them. Every generation experiences its sets of traumas, but social media and real time news with vivid images about the pandemic, war and other disasters have heightened these anxieties among young people. And lots of them are closer to their parents than previous generations have been. Members of Gen- I don't know if that's true. I don't know if any of this is true. Like, I don't believe any of this. Hmm. It's an interesting story, nonetheless. I mean, I mean, maybe the coming, maybe the teenagers are traumatized because, you know, we've been dealing with a collectively traumatizing world for centuries, and now it's just really coming to a head, it seems like. Yeah. I'd like to see where they get the like right. get their idea from. Sure. Yeah. But first, I'm going to go to your phone calls and um, thoughts because we have unscreened caller what's on your mind and where are you calling from tonight uh my name is john i'm calling from nebraska what's on your mind john uh you were talking about the uh, halloween de- decorations in front of a stop sign uh, something going on there i just kind of wanted to point out something similar uh you know uh, you guys were talking about it could possibly be blocking the sign how that would be an issue or whatever um i just want to point out though like where i live the city i'm in um, they plant trees sometimes in, in front of signs and in meetings and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not against trees, not against trees. Love it. The shade's yeah. great and all that stuff. But where they put them makes a big difference. You know, I mean, you put that stuff in front of a sign, obviously that's an issue. It's going to grow tall in front of that sign. Um, I've called, um, you know, and and suggested that they do something about stuff like that. Uh, another reason why uh, i got an issue with trees in the city um, they, we've had like in the past couple of years, like four people have slammed right into a tree for one reason or another. And I mean, sorry, four deaths. Wow. There's been more people who've ran into trees. Um, it's just kind of weird. And so 
I called the city. I called the mayor's office. I called the uh, Parks and Rec or whatever, and the Game and Parks. Sorry, I don't even know. Like, they just – I talked to people. They kind of just tossed me back and forth, and they're like, well – They don't want to do real work. Like, they don't want to actually have to go out there and cut the trees unless, you know – they they just want to do the least amount possible and get their paychecks. That's how most government workers are. And and the other thing is like that sounds like something that might be um sorry, I, I forgot what I was saying. Like too helpful to the, the general population. Like if it's something that doesn't help them, I don't see a government worker doing it. And and that's another thing that they do is just throw you around to the next person and the next person. Um do you have anything else on your mind, John? You wanna stay on the line? Oh uh, yeah, I'll stay on the line. 603-283-6160. More coming up on Free Talk Live. You can call in with whatever's on your mind. Talk Live, 603-283-6160. That's the phone number you can call to get in on the last segment with us, 603-283-6160. And it's Free Talk Live Talk Radio that you control. In the studio with you tonight, it's me, Bonnie. Riley. And Nikki. And I'd like to thank Jesse Thomas, um, who is a silver level amplifier that means they went to amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com to help amplify, market, promote, and support Free Talk Live by giving a um, $5 a month. So thank you so much to Jesse Thomas. We really appreciate it. And if you're interested, listener, in becoming an amplifier, you can go to amps.freetalklive.com. So thank you again. We appreciate everyone who gives to the program. I'm going back to the phones um, to John from Nebraska. John, you were saying that the government in your town doesn't actually care about unsafe driving conditions, and they ignore you when you call them about it. Uh, yeah, sure. It's 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 that you know it's unsafe, but it's not necessarily always their fault. It, I would say that the drivers of these cars that are running into the trees just so happen to be like younger, uh, not as experienced drivers. And most of them, it appeared to be that they were like on their phone or intoxicated or inebriated or whatever. But the, the, the point is, is, you know, when you point something out to the people who are, you know, doing these things and the people who are in charge of these things, you know, the authorities right. or whatever, you try to, you try to be reasonable with them. Like, Hey, listen, look, just go back and look at all the news articles of how many people you got running into a tree, you know, in this area or, you know, in just where they're strategically planting this stuff and the signs. And I realize there we have an app too. There's an app. You can take a picture of uh, potholes, report those or tree branches that are in the way of signs. And they do go out there and take care of that stuff, but it does seem kind of counterproductive when they plant a tree right in front of a sign, you know, yeah. it's obviously it's going to grow tall and, and block the sign anyways. Or maybe that's a money-making scheme that they have set up or some sort of weird conspiracy plot. I don't know. Whoa, but, that'd be crazy. Uh, I, just think, I think the trees should, they should keep them out of, the, out of the median because that seems to be an issue and a little bit further away from the road 
because people do slide off the road, accidents do happen, all that stuff. But um, yeah, it's just about where the money is going. And I also don't have a problem with artwork, but our city has spent a lot of money on artwork. I don't mind the city. You mean like murals? Um, we, they put something in front of like uh, our arena here. It's like a, I can't remember if it was a million or two million dollars. Like a, like a sculpture. Little, yeah, I think it's like made out of metal or something. Okay. And there's okay. another one a couple another one a couple blocks down that's like it looks like a tower, but they spent a ridiculous amount of money on this stuff and I was looking at those like you could have gave that to the homeless shelter or right. you could yeah. have and you like, could have used it. So to I will build say road or... one of the like local like towns that where I'm from, like that area, um what they'll do is they'll have like different youth groups come or like a like um art classes and stuff like that like people who and like actual like talented people not just you know putting some crap up there but they'll have local artists who are willing to dedicate their services to beautifying the city um and they'll make these really amazing uh, murals and i've seen that in a lot of different cities and i was under the impression that those people weren't being paid to do stuff like that obviously when you're talking about like 3d sculptures that like the materials for that is a lot you know more expensive and and typically like if there is some sort of sculpture like that would be something a town would pay for but like but, why pay a million dollars when you can yeah, just does not put seem, a sculpture or that's the thing like it, it's almost like offensive when like people in that city i'm sure like there are a lot of people i mean like the economy is so bad right now like i'm sure there are tons of people who can yeah. not afford groceries this that and the other thing and it's like that's really what you're allocating tax money to like it, it's kind of yeah. offensive to people that are struggling and you know you have the government the state stealing their money through taxation and then that's what they do with it Can like I are ask, you kidding yeah. john are oh, you as, um are you listening on the radio or online online um oh, okay. listening uh through youtube um oh lovely but, you know, the thing is the thing is um like you know i mean this is just like city local stuff and it is frustrating and the money could go somewhere better and i really think that uh people you know, I mean, we could we could go and say, you know, like our government sending money to go fight wars that we don't want to fight and stuff. I just really think this way more people need to get out and vote. And uh, I just think we need to find more areas where we can agree where our money should be spent. I mean, I know that, um, you know, left, right, in the middle, whatever. We, we just need to start thinking more reasonably, like what we're doing with our money. And I mean, I have nothing against trees or art, but uh, yeah. I know that I know that like war is definitely bad, you know, well, so I don't know. I don't know. I just kind of feel like we all need to start. I don't know what if if there's any websites or somebody has a suggestion where, you know, people could, you know, maybe find better ways to spend. I their just money I don't or... think that you're ever gonna. And thank you for the call. But I don't think you're ever ever gonna get to a position where everybody in an entire town in Nebraska agrees on what to spend never, money on. That's never. That's why taxation is not the best system or plan to use to spend a whole bunch of people's money. I just. I think that it could be done better, could be done differently. Um, people could just spend money on what they wanted to spend their money on and other people spend their money on something else. And honestly, I would never choose to buy a sculpture for a million dollars. And um, it would really annoy me, too, if I knew a bunch of my money went to that. So, um, thank you for the call, Tom. I asked if he was listening on the radio because, you know, maybe people in his town would hear it. But since um, it's not, you know, it's like maybe go to a town hall meeting and talk about that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, moving on, we have Tom in New Hampshire. Tom, what's on your mind tonight? 
Well, some people in the liberty movement seem to want to do away with the government, and they want to, like, uh, eliminate the government, and uh, some people seem to want to just uh, bind the government down with uh, the, you know, the chains of the Constitution, they used to say, or uh, (laughs) even beyond the chains of the Constitution, uh, the uh, non-aggression principle. And it's... uh, When the War of the Rebellion was going on, the Confederates were not out to destroy the federal government of the United States. They were only out to push the federal government to uh, grant a peace treaty. The federal government was out to destroy the Confederate government. uh, And the Mexican-American War, for example, it was fought to push the Mexican government to buckle, capitulate, and uh, sign a treaty of peace with the United States defining the boundary line at the Rio Grande. Uh, so once they, and the U.S. government troops made it to Mexico City, and you know, they could easily attack the Mexican Congress, but they'd rather just wait and let the Mexican Congress pass a thing saying, yes, we accept that treaty. Okay, so uh, that is the point where the liberty movement can call all the shots. There's no real point in destroying a government if you're going to set up another government with maybe a different number of senators and a different number of representatives, but the same enemies of liberty electing them. What is going to have to happen uh, is forcing the government to uh, comply with an ultimatum. We've got to consider what would the ultimatum have to say. Immediately open the borders and legalize all drugs and abolish school taxes. But wait a second. What if school is in session? You know, are we going to bring the kids home one last time on the school buses? Uh, you know, what about uh, you know? And there's a lot of issues that are going to have to be uh, dealt with uh, with the mental institutions, where you have people who need uh, mental health help, and some people who don't want mental help. They got locked locked up for having a bad day. I get a little and, lost when you bring up the subject. You've brought up this subject before. It's like, why do you think there's going to be some kind of one exact second that someone's going to declare that the government is gone and we're, we're this is like some huge like hur- hurdle we all need to go- get over. You know, like you're acting like you know this is going to happen and it, it just doesn't seem likely and I also just think like people would behave like regular human beings and carry on without letting chaos ensue like people would be like oh um can we pay the bus drivers for just this afternoon to bring the kids home whose parents are not home and if the answer was yes then they would just get taken home on the bus if the answer was no people would be like oh sorry i gotta leave work right now to go pick up my kids is that cool of course that's cool like people would figure it out it's not that big of a deal There'll be a lot of things that would have to be figured out because there are so many injustices in the system and some of them are a low priority. Like if there's a budget cut and there's a backlog at the state police crime lab and I mean, nobody seems to care until somebody who's locked in jail is supposed to go to trial and the prosecution says, well, the tests haven't come back from the lab yet. And so we're going to postpone the trial and let the person rot in jail for another couple of months until they're good and ready to do the test. Well, that's terrible, but that has nothing to do with what we were just talking about. Well, well, then then the freedom fighters would have to say, well, that's fine as long as you don't mind. We're going to kill 10 cops every night until the test. I don't think violence against cops is a a good idea. I mean, yeah, like, how what is that going to solve? Yeah, that's the just, freedom fighters like that's so so cringy. Yeah, huh? like here's the thing, you know, a lot of libertarian there there may be some libertarians that fantasize about shooting cops and shooting government agents. But There's at least Tom. 
But at the end of the day, you know, violence is just a horrible solution, a horrible way to solve the problem. If you want to, if you want to not be part of a system, don't participate. In I also it. You don't use violence to, you know, remove yourself from the system. Yeah, I don't believe that it would even solve the problem. No, right. So, so what was what was the problem? I, I already don't remember what was he the was problem. Saying, oh well, sometimes oh somebody being get, in jail, like, right? Left in jail unjustly. So then, yeah, to be like, oh, if I you know commit violence against. 10 people every day until I get my way. That's like a two-year-old trying to get a solution. That's kind of crazy. I'm a libertarian because I believe in the principle of nonviolence. So why would I go against that principle in order to achieve, um, you know, little victories here and there? That's just so silly. Like, I would never achieve my end goal, which is people living in peace. If I was in jail and someone and one of my friends was like, I'm going to sacrifice 10 people every day. Like if yeah. I if I called Arya right now and was like, "Listen, I'm going to sacrifice 10 people every day until they, they you release out. you from jail." She'd be like, "Okay." You're insane. Yeah, she'd be like, <laughs> "Okay, so stop contacting me cuz you're a psychopath." Yeah. And not- I don't. The other thing is, like, I think what? that it may make the situation worse because if people yes. are like, yeah, there because are these, then you look like the aggressor. Yeah, there are these group of people that are killing cops in our state. Yeah, like that. That, that almost makes you look bad. No, it makes you look bad, and then it's like, um, it, it gives like fuel to the other side. So it's like, wow, we really do need, need cops. cops. Yeah, exactly. like look at these crazy people. Exactly. Um. Yeah. That we don't we don't like that idea. Tom seems to come up with ideas like that a lot, or at least just call in to praise but other people who have killed cops. I understand that, you know, it's it's easy to get in a place of anger toward government people because, you know, they, they do a terrible job, they're whatever. But, you know, if you want to fight anger with anger and violence, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna bring about change. In fact, it's gonna Bring about chaos and more problems in society if we just use violence to solve our problems. I don't think that uh, people should be violent towards anyone, but as far as just being angry at someone, I wish that more people were angry. Just to start off with, you don't have to stay angry because that's not a good idea. But if you're going to get angry, get angry at the people around you who are absolutely apathetic and do nothing and call them out and get people's attention about what's going on. That's That's like kind of my angle and um i would just wish more people were doing it it's never going to do anything to just get mad at the people who what why do you think the the prosecution in ian's case did what they did because they have a monetary incentive to do so because they're uncaring people who are being absolutely incentivized to do what they did not because they just hate me what's the point of getting me getting mad at them the thing that makes me more angry is the average person on the street just not caring about what's going on, just feeding this beast every day and just sitting on their couch eating Cheetos watching Springer, Jerry Springer. They don't care that your home was raided with, with drones by the feds. They don't care that a bear cat was driven through your walls. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's, I just, I don't get the point of being mad at basically a force of nature, like human beings acting on incentives. Like, yeah, they're terrible. They're tyrants and they're despots and they're parasites and then they're thieves and they're a uh, gang and um, the government sucks. But you know why the government exists? Because there are people out there, the majority of people out there that don't care. And caring is the first step to changing something. Moving on, we're um, talking about this article from... I was going to say archive.ph, but it's actually the Wall Street Journal on there, so I don't have to pay them to read it. 
Um, they're saying that teens want their parents to track their phones and monitor their every move. And we talked about some situations where maybe you might want to be tracked. Um, you know, if you and your boyfriend or um, parent, you're not together all day and you want to make sure that they know where you are in case you go dark all of a sudden. And um, Maybe you're a single woman who's going on a date for the first time and you yeah, want to have someone yeah. watch out for, for you like a friend. That's a, that's a great one too, but it, it just seems surprising to me because being a teenager, I know I would not have wanted my mom to know where my every move was because sometimes I would tell her I was one place and not actually be in that place. <gasps> really? <laughs> really? So it's just like, I, I find it surprising that it says members of Gen Z ages 11 to 26, which is so insulting, uh, say they use family location sharing apps to bolster a sense of security. Are you insulted by being called Gen Z? No, no. I'm insulted by being called millennial. I really don't like that idea. I don't feel like a millennial and I don't think 1996 should be considered millennial. It okay. really annoys me. Well, you want to be a Gen Z? It's not like I want to be a Gen Z. It's just that I don't fit in i don't completely fit in with either but the idea of being a millennial is just ridiculous to me i mean you can be whatever you want to be i um i I say that i am transgenerational so i actually (laughs) identify as a boomer Mm. um because it's not like it actually matters but if you're gonna make it make sense 1996 does not belong in millennials yeah like Maybe it's also because I repeated a grade, so all my friends were born oh, in 1997. Yeah. I just, I can't see myself. It just feels like an arbitrary line, right? It's like, like a bunch of people born in the 80s that have, that has, that's nothing like me. Like in 1989. But they would be Gen X, right? Well, up to 1984. Oh. So most, most of the 80-year millennials and people who grew up without the internet are nothing like me, you know? Honestly, I don't want to be grouped with anyone. I, I get the all. idea, but since it gets brought up literally yeah. every other article I read and they yeah. try to call me a millennial, it just annoys me. Millennials grew up totally different than I did. The people in the group called millennials grew up totally different than I did. I could even see 1995 being the cutoff, but not But that's kind of how it is with like any generation, right? Like you have like the older half and the younger half and they're both like completely different. Right. It's That's probably true. But when it comes to the internet... I feel like that changed so much that they shouldn't have just been like, oh, yeah. arbitrary 13 years or whatever it is. You yeah. There, there. I think there should be like a micro generation. I would even possibly accept 1995. You should into just like it. make your own. Well, that's that's the thing. It doesn't really matter if I make my own. People will keep calling me yeah. a millennial and it's annoying. Well, I, I, ju- I reject their reality. I do too, but <laughs> it says members of Gen Z ages 11 to 26 right now say they use family location sharing apps to bolster a sense of security. And, you know, that is adding in a whole bunch of adults. So like we were saying, I, I can understand a, an adult giving it to their mom or their boyfriend or whatever, their their location. It This article is only shocking because it says teenagers are wanting their parents I just like, really don't believe it, honestly. I, it would be interesting to see where they're coming from. So, like, I know like people do it on Snapchat, like with their friends, but yeah. I couldn't see a teenager wanting to do that with their parents. Yeah, like you're you're usually lying to your parents at that age, and like you know you're getting getting drunk in a field somewhere when you said you were sleeping over your friend's house. Right, being a teen used to be a time of rebellion and exploration in your life, but now it just seems like either the teens. Either if this article's true, it sounds like the teens just want to be washed more and babied more and and that'd be freaking like, weird and treated like 
and having a helicopter parent over them all the time. Right. That that word does get brought up. It says downloads of Life 360 doubled in the U.S. since 2021. The app now has more than 33 million act, uh, monthly active users in the U.S. and another 20 million internationally. Even more teens share their location using Apple's Find My, that's what it's called, yep. uh, Google's Family Link, Snapchat's SnapMap, and GPS-equipped smartwatches. Gen Z respondents to a uh, recent survey from Life360 said they share their location when they drive, when they go on dates, and when they attend concerts and other large gatherings. Many keep location sharing on at all times. Yeah, tracking may be creating a false safety net for both parents and teens. Oh, things are really dangerous. You need to be afraid. That's what they're saying. Knowing where kids are doesn't necessarily keep them safe when disaster strikes. Why, why would anybody think it did? What a dumb, unnecessary sentence. <laughs> it's just like, obviously. Yeah. But at least you know where they are. Um, well, at least you know where they're at when disaster strikes. So you can say, oh, well, my child was last year. Or if you know... Where they are, you check, and they're not where they're supposed to be, you can go get them. You know, yeah. I think that's the main idea. It's just like, oh, it doesn't keep my kids safe from like falling in a hole and dying. Like, thank you for the information, um, Wall Street Journal. Emery Littig's biggest fear is being abducted. A 10 year old girl in her hometown of Davenport, Iowa, was kidnapped and murdered by a relative in July 2020. It took eight months to find her body. News coverage of the case was constant, and it left Emery shaken. And, I mean, that's sad and everything, but oh, I yeah. just feel like, man, you, you just need to, like, talk to your kid, get them over it, get their mind off of it. Or maybe teach them how to not be in those situations in the first place where they're mm. potentially abducted. I mean, you know... It's hard, though, because, like, this was a family member, yeah, right? And, so it's like, and, and if members, you're... members are the supposed kid, to be trust, tr- yeah, the trusted. The kid was murdered by... A, that kid's relative. I think oh. it just happened in this person's But either hometown. way, if you're going to be um, murdered or raped or sexually assaulted of any sorts, it's most likely going to be a close family friend or yeah. family member. Yes, or trusted um, authority And that's figure. why it's kind of exactly. silly that this person is getting all worried about it while she's in school and getting anxious. I mean, yeah, it's traumatic. It's just like... I, I mean, I'm not surprised. It's a parenting thing. Well, this, this person this needs therapy. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, like that's what it is. Instead of yeah. just like feeding their fear. It's, it's her that's biggest what it fear, is. it says. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's valid. I mean, her fear is absolutely valid. But yeah, I think. I don't know. I think she it's needs... kind of bad. If you're just something happened to someone in your hometown and now you spend your life afraid of it. I well, just you think definitely shouldn't something spend you should your life. I mean, it. Yeah. Like you need to. If. Somebody is having fears or worries or anxieties that are affecting them in their life that greatly. They need to go to therapy and they need to get help or do some sort of, you know, like they they need help. Right. And instead, this parent is just being a helicopter parent to their 16-year-old. It says, Emery, now a 16-year-old high school junior, began using Life360 even before that kidnapping when she was in sixth grade. I was a very anxious kid, she says. She says a yearbook survey from last school year showed that half of the more than 1,500 students at her school used the app. Hmm. Wow. I wonder if... I don't know. Her friend group of 12 all share their location with one another in it. 
Some teens don't have a good relationship with their parents or just don't want them to constantly know where they are. Emery says she knows a couple of teens who refuse to be on Life 360 with their parents. Emery likes knowing that if she's in a car accident, her parents will receive an alert. Oh. I mean, that's, that's definitely helpful. It says she was riding with friends last year in Des Moines, more than two hours from home, when her friend's sister rear-ended another car. Is that seriously something your parents... Your phone needs to immediately alert your How does it know? For? How does your phone know you rear-ended somebody or got rear-ended? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Even if you were in like a fatal car accident, how would it? My, fr- I my mean, friend- they'll find out eventually, but why is that? Like, I don't know. If anything, like, just call them. I'm trying to remember exactly the situation I'm thinking of, but somebody posted on social media that I know recently and was like, um, maybe if you guys know who I'm talking about, you'll know what I'm talking about, but they said... I, I'm fine. I was just in a, a um, rear ending and I just was like, <laughs> what happened? Uh, okay. And uh, I was just like, wait, what happened to them? And they were like, they said their phone sent out an alert to all their friends. So it must oh. have been this app or something like that. Now or it's all maybe, more sensitive. Or maybe some phones nowadays actually they will do. send out alerts if, if um, they feel something in their yeah. gyroscopes or whatever. Well... So maybe, I mean, I, I haven't heard of that, but my one of my good friends had me on her phone as like an emergency and she would, you know, it would send out alerts randomly. Well, I'm surprised that the night went by so fast, but that's all for Free Talk Live tonight. Um, we'll be back live tomorrow. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all the calls. It's been Free Talk Live. You can find more of us at freetalklive.com. Peace. you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate well i know a guy who's really great it's the realtor mark warden now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in new hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime our friends at porcupine real estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by new hampshire citizens reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. PorcupineRealEstate.com